0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into Hoopsville on this Tuesday evening. It is the 24th of March. I am Dave McHugh, and welcome to the show, and thank you for taking the time to join us. Uh, Studio, if you spot some different things, it's because we've had to make arrangements, even in COVID-19 has affected us here. Uh, Spent the uh, weekend actually rearranging some things here in the studio to allow my wife uh, a, a place to work. You can't see where she's working, but you might notice some things have been moved around in the corners. Um, but nonetheless, uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in and joining us here on our season finale of the show. Um, late in the show, we'll have a chance to take some questions. We don't have a chance to do it now, but we will try to later. So you can always tweet us at D3 hoopsil or hashtag hoopsil. you can always email us Hoopsville at D3 hoopscom or join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash The email again is hoopsville at d3sports.com. I misspoke there. Hoopsville at d3sports.com. And again, you can join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash and YouTube, youtube.com slash d3hoopsville. There are chat rooms in those last two, um, though we were not going to be able to really get to the topics necessarily until later in the program. Yes, we do not have national champs, uh, and as a result, we get a chance to um, to some different things, you might remember back in two thousand and thirteen on this program, if you happen to tune in that long ago, we um, announced the the men 's all America team as we were waiting to go to Atlanta and got a chance to do that because we had two weeks to kill i 'm um, not sure why we didn 't do it on the women 's side uh, in twenty what was it sixteen or whatever year it was, um, but nonetheless, we are doing it tonight on, for both men and women, thanks in part to the fact that we do not have champions, and the uh, coronavirus has brought our seasons to a sudden end, a couple weeks uh, for women, 10 days before the end of the season and on the men's side, uh, a few weeks before the end of the season. So we're going to announce the All-Americans in both women and men's teams. We'll also announce the Rookie of the Year, the Coach of the Year, and the Players of the Year on the women's and men's side. We'll also hear from those three awardees, Rookie, Coach, and Player of the Year. Um, it is a huge endeavor, and at the end of the show, we will thank all those who helped us do this. Um, but first and foremost, to remind you how this all works, All-America members have to be All-Region members. Um, so you have to have been um, uh, have won the All-Region, which came out oh, roughly a week ago. Uh, remember, the All-Region usually comes out the week of the uh, championship weekends, and the All-Americas come out right before the championship game. And this is just... Few days past when that normally would be, so you have to be an all-region uh, selected team. You pretty much have to be a first or second teamer, but we've had ones from further down than that. Um, and you have to obviously to to be nominated. You have to have been nominated for all region. The only difference between all region and all America is we do take the tournament into consideration. Granted, only two games per team. Um, for most, uh, this time around, we don't have a, a whole s- four sets of games for the, ch- for the champions and runners-up to compare, um, or really three games because we do it before that, but uh, it, it, is the, it is what it is. Uh, I, we got some great selections, looking forward to getting to them. Uh, after the women's selection, we'll talk to Gordon Mann, and after the men's selection, we'll hear from Ryan Scott. Um, as Pat Coleman, unavailable this evening, but helping us behind the scenes a little bit. But appreciate his help nonetheless. Again, the panel of D3 Hoops um, folks get together to decide these All-Americans. And with that, I think we'll get going. Uh, I'm pretty sure there aren't any questions we can answer right this moment. And so we, as they say in the biz, we won't worry about that as we get ready to hand out the awards. And we want to thank everybody for joining us to do it. Um, Again, we will announce the Women's All-America first. We'll start with honorable mention and work our way all the way up through first team. We'll be taking some breaks along the way, by the way. And we'll also um, talk rookie, coach, and players of the year at the end. Um, We only put five on a team. Keep that in mind as well. We only put five on a team as we do this because, well, simply put, we want to put a team on the floor that would be able to compete. And with that... I say we get going, shall we again? We'll do women first and then men. These are members who were all region selections for D three hoops.com throughout the eight regions. um, And then selected to be all Americans. We will start with honorable mention uh, and we'll work our way all the way up to first team and so on and so forth. So we hope you'll enjoy this with us. And as I said, we will start things off on the women's side. And uh, with that, it's time for the All-America Honorable Mentions in Division Three Women's Basketball for the year 2019-2020. And we start in the backcourt at guard. It is Pace Lang, the Kane senior from Tewksbury, New Jersey, was the Atlantic Region Player of the Year along with the NJAC Player of the Year. Average a smidge over 19 points a game and a little over two and a half steals per contest, also pulled down 6.7 rebounds a game, finished with a career uh, scoring 1,221 points. Congratulations to Pace. Joining Pace on the honorable mention team, Emma Girds from Wartsburg, the senior from Cedar Falls, Iowa, was a two-time American Rivers Player of the Year. Not much of a big score necessarily, but good all-around numbers against really good teams that Wartburg tends to play. Became the 17th player, in fact, in Wartburg history to reach 1,000 points. I'm quite sure there's a number of players in the American Rivers con- uh, con- uh, Conference. <laughs> Glad to see Emma is leaving. Um, joining them is Kendall Sosa, the Illinois Wesleyan sophomore from Normal, Illinois, Top 15 in scoring against a really tough schedule that the Titans played. Scored 32 points against Hope and gave up 41 points. uh, I should say scored 32 points against Hope, who only gives up about 41 points a game in general. She was a unanimous CCIW first team selection. Also led the Titans in scoring at 21 plus points a game while scoring the second most points in the season in program history. Bad news for the CCIW as Kendall is just a sophomore. Joining Kendall on the honorable mention team is Mackenzie Kramer, the Loris senior from Spring Green, Wisconsin. Leading scorer at Loris, averaging just under 15 points a game this season, and led the team in assists at just over three per contest, along with three steals per contest as well. Kramer, the senior from Loris. And rounding out the honorable mention team for D3hoops.com All America, it is McKenna Stone the senior from whitman and coopville washington was the northwest conference player of the year played pretty well against some tough opponents like mary harden baylor and george fox in fact she was injured in the northwest conference final against george fox and did not play in the ncaa's though she appeared like she might be ready to play in the sweet 16 before the games were canceled she led the blues in scoring at 15.1 points a game and 8.8 rebounds while shooting 53 percent from the field So there's your All-America Honorable Mention team, Pace Lang, Emma Gerds, Kendall Sosa, Mackenzie Kramer, Kramer, and McKenna Stone. And with that, we move on to the All-America fourth team for d3hoops.com. And with this, we start up in upstate New York, senior guard from Cortland and Cicero, New York. It is Beth Bonin, the East Region Player of the Year at 18.5 points a game, five rebounds a game, And 3.7 assists per contest. She also had a single season record. 81 made three-pointers. That is certainly impressive. It was also ninth best in the country. Joining Beth on the fourth team, it is Mackenzie Mason of Scranton, a Doylestown, Pennsylvania senior. Finished second in the Mid-Atlantic Player of the Year race. Good numbers against top opponents. Most dynamic player on the team, for sure led them in scoring at 14 points a game and rebounding at 7.5 per contest. She was the Landmark Conference Player of the Year, and there's some in the Landmark Conference who are probably glad that Mason is graduating. Joining those two on the fourth team, it's Hannah Holt. The Mary Harden Baylor senior from Lubbock, Texas, was the ASC West Division Player of the Year winner. She outplayed Kendall Sosa, believe it or not, in head-to-head play, put up good numbers against top teams most of the season, and led the squad with 16.2 points a game and a single-season scoring leader in Mary Harden Baylor Division III history. She also led the team with 60 steals, a steals, senior Holt on our fourth team. Joining these three on the fourth team, back to the East Coast, we go to Marymount. It's Katie McShay, the Haynesport, New Jersey sophomore, just missed out on being the Atlantic Player of the Year winner. She averaged a double-double this season, 17.9 points a game, 10.2 rebounds a game, and had 17 double-doubles this season. She was the AEC Player of the Year and the first Marymount All-American for D3Hoops.com since Anetta Benjamin back in 2004. Bad news for everybody. Mache, a sophomore. And rounding out the All-America fourth team from the ODAC and Randolph-Macon from Garysburg, North Carolina, it's senior center Kelly Williams. She was the ODAC player of the year and averaged a double-double, played well in both the ODAC and NCAA tournament because she was peaking late. She finished playing about 27 minutes a game despite a slow start because she was recovering from a knee injury from last season that ended nearly ended. Well, it did end the season, but nearly ended her career. She decided to come back and take care of business, and boy, did she. She helped Randolph-Macon defeat Transylvania in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Kelly Williams one of the best basketball players to have played in Division Three, You always wonder what an injury may have left us, but she came back and showed us just how good she really is. So there's your All-America 4th team. Beth Bonham, Mackenzie Mason, Hannah Holt, uh, Katie McShay, and Kelly Williams. So that rounds out that group. And with that, we will take a quick break. When we come back, we will have the third teams and second team winners, And we hope you'll tune in for that. Plus, Gordon Mann will talk to us. We'll have Rookie Coach and Player of the Year. And we have the men to talk about as well. You're listening to the D3Hoops.com All-America announcements here on Hoopsville. Back with more after this.
2: We are the coaches of women's basketball. We are leaders and teachers, dreamers and winners. We are professionals who conduct ourselves ethically and with integrity. We place the education, safety, and well being of the athletes we coach above all else and teach them the fundamental values they need to succeed in life. We are coaches united for the good of our game and those who play it. We are the WBCA.
3: I just wanted to get good grades and to do well, but I also made me realize that I have a lot of career goals.
1: You're
4: there to get a full college experience. Not only participate in your sport, but participate in things outside of that, and it's all about growing as a person.
3: My coaches have helped me with figuring out who I really am. Their lives are dedicated for us to succeed.
5: It's on us to stop sexual assault in
6: any way that we can.
3: To get a friend home safe.
0: Welcome back to the D3Hoops.com All-America's announcements here on Hoopsville, the season finale of our show. Later in the program, we'll wrap up a bow on the year, and we hope you'll join us for that. We're still in the middle of our women's All-America announcements. We should point out, by the way, we consider honorable mentions on our teams to be All-Americans because, well, we're only selecting five, thanks to Pat. For the reminder about that, we've gotten through honorable mention and fourth team. So it's time on the women's side to get to the All-America third team. And remember, we just have five per and we start up in Wisconsin from Wisconsin Oshkosh. It's Leah Porath from New London, Wisconsin. The junior was a WIAC MVP this season, scored a lot of points throughout the season for a team that doesn't put up a lot of points themselves scored 17 and a half points a game along with 6.7 rebounds one of the most productive seasons in Titans program history second most points in a season played really well down the stretch and of course the team was still playing down the stretch as well Leah Porath Porath on this team she is joined from up in New England by Madeline Eck the senior from Amherst from Rye New York was a first team All New England pick. She was a versatile scorer, of course, and played well against Tufts and Bowden, which says a lot. Those were the other two top teams in the NASCAC, and those three combined with Amherst were three of the top five in the nation. Second straight All-America honor for her. She was a fourth-team selection last year, one of two players to average in double figures for the Mammoths with 14.5 points a game and rebounded about six per contest. I have a feeling we might hear from the other Mammoth on this All-America squad as well. Joining those two on the third team, it's Abby Holland. Holland from Trinity, Texas, was a senior at Georgetown, Texas. Just missed out on being South Player of the Year for the region, but she was named SCAC MVP. Put up pretty good numbers against top teams, leading the squad with 18.7 points a game and more than 6.5 rebounds per contest while shooting better than 52% from the field. She finished with a career scoring number of 1,690 points. That's second most in Trinity, Texas women's basketball history. Joining these three on the team, a sophomore from Albright and Reading, Pennsylvania, it's Deja Terrell, the top 10 in scoring nationally and rebounding nationally. That's right, top 10 in points and rebounds in the NCAA Division Three. She's had school records in points, blocks, rebounds, and field goals made as well. As a sophomore, arguably the best numbers of all forwards on our All-America list, except for maybe Kelly Williams. Had some big games against top opponents, including a career-high 41 points against really tough Messiah. By the way, sophomore, back for two more seasons for Albright. And rounding out our All-America third team, it is Taylor Lake, the senior from Chicago and Mars, Pennsylvania. Second in the Central Region, she was a UAA Player of the Year. Played against a really hard schedule and did well against it. Led the team in scoring at 14 points a game. She also led the team in assists, blocks, and steals, and was second in rebounding. She finished her career high, or I should say finished her career numbers top 10 in six different categories in program history. Your All-America third team, ladies and gentlemen, Leah Porath, Madelinek, Abby Holland, Deja Terrell, and Taylor Lake rounding out our third team. Now moving on to our All-America second team, and now we're, we're whittling it down. Only 10 players left to announce uh, as being All-Americans for the D3Hoops.com uh, women's side. And we start, as I hinted at, in New England at Amherst. It's Hannah Fox, the senior from Plymouth, Massachusetts, uh, Plymouth Meeting, Pennsylvania, I apologize, was a first-team New England all-region selection. Slightly better numbers against top competition than her teammate Eck. Led the team in scoring as well at 16 and a half points a game and a smidge under seven rebounds per contest. Teams were still, of course, the team was still playing at the end as they were used to doing most seasons. This is her uh, her second uh, All-America selection, first time since 2018 when she was a fourth team selection. So welcome back to Hannah Fox. Joining her on the second team from Hope is Kennedy Schoonveld the junior from Zealand, Wisconsin, Michigan, I apologize, Great Lakes Co-Player of the Year and MIA MVP for the only undefeated team in the country at 29-0. Stats are not com- uh, that competitive because we got really used to hope just kind of crushing some teams. Um, but she played pretty well against Trine and Illinois Wesleyan when they needed her, including a game-clinching block in the NCAA second round. Congratulations to Schoenfeld. And joining them on the second team, back to New England, we go to Uleska Ramirez Tejada. The seniors from Emmanuel and Cambridge, Massachusetts, was the GNAC player of the year and averaged a double double this season 19.3 points a game and 12 rebounds per contest. She actually outplayed Eck and Fox in head to head action. She functioned like a court, coach on the court for a very young team. This is the first saint to garner D3hoops.com All-America nod since 2013. And that was Fiona Dwyer, two-time co-side academic All-American as well. She was an incredible talent, will be missed at Emanuel. Joining them on the second team, it is Hannah Frazier from Wheaton. The Batavia, Illinois senior was a two-time Central Region Player of the Year, along with a two-time CCIW Player of the Year excellent all-around player including passing in defense led the team at 18.7 points a game and 7.4 rebounds a game plus put in two blocks a game and two and a half assists per contest the cciw will not miss hannah frazier from wheaton a tremendous talent for the thunder and joining them on the second team it's record-breaking from white bear lake minnesota for bethel it's tate anderson The senior Ford was the first Bethel women's player to be named to the D3Hoops.com All-America teams. She was the West player, West Region player of the year, and the Mayak player of the year. Led Bethel to its best season in quite some time. Second all-time scorer, she scored a single-season record 554 points. That averages out to 20 and a half per game. Scored double figures in all 27 games this season and finished fifth in the nation in field goal percentage at 62.8%. Tate Anderson, breaking records at Bethel. Congratulations to her. So there's your All-America second team, Hannah Fox, Kenny uh, Schoenfeld, Yuleska Ramirez-Tajada, Hannah Frazier, and Tate Anderson. And with that, we will take another break. When we come back, we announce the first team. And we give you your rookie of the year, your coach of the year, and your players of the year. And you'll hear from all three of those winners. And still ahead, Gordon Mann joins me to talk about these teams. And still ahead, we have our men's All-America to announce. You're watching Hoopsville, where we're announcing the D3Hoops.com All-America teams. We hope you'll join us back here for more after this.
2: We are the coaches of women's basketball. We are leaders and teachers, dreamers and winners. We are professionals who conduct ourselves ethically and with integrity. We place the education, safety, and well being of the athletes we coach above all else and teach them the fundamental values they need to succeed in life. We are coaches united for the good of our game and those who play it. We are the WBCA.
3: I just wanted to get good grades and to do well. But I also made me realize that I have a lot of career goals.
4: You're there to get a full college experience. Not only participate in your sport, but participate in things outside of that. And it's all about growing as a person.
3: My coaches have helped me with figuring out who I really am. Their lives are dedicated for us to succeed.
0: Welcome back to Hoopsville, our season finale as we get ready to uh, toast the season, as it were, we're talking about All-Americans here on, D- on this show from the D3Hoops.com list. We've already announced our honorable mention, our fourth team, third team, and second team for the women. It's now time for the All-America first team selection. These are the top five players in Division Three women's basketball this past season. And we start in Indiana with a heck of a guard in Sydney, Cop from de sydney was a a uh, crow sorry we're skipping one you're giving one away Uh we're going to go back to second team so we gave one away no we're right i i got ahead of myself uh sydney cop yeah senior that's where we're trying to go this is what happens when you do it by yourself uh let's talk about sydney from DePaul, senior from burr ridge illinois great lakes co-player of the year ncac player of the year highest scorer of all regional player of the years this season set a school record for single season scoring and career scoring averaged 21.9 points per game this season and had 1733 points in her career also set single game records in scoring with 42 points and made three uh, made nine three pointers in a game this season that's also a single game record by the way she's really good in the classroom really good in the community and she was a not only a Johnston's trophy finalist she was the Johnston trophy winner announced yesterday so congratulations to Cop who is our first selection to the All-America first team from DePaul joining cop on the team we head back to texas and we break some records again renette hughes a junior guard all america from texas dallas the college station texas junior was a south player of the year and is the first comet to ever be named in all america in d3hoops.com history set a program record with 20 points per contest and set records for steals in a season as well she was not only the asc east division player of the year she was also the asc east division defensive player of the year top score amongst guards in regional players of the year right after Sydney Kopp. The bad news for everybody, she returns for one more season. We're looking forward to seeing the Texas-Dallas player in Renette Hughes. Congratulations to her. Joining them on the team, we head up to New England for one of the best teams in the country and one of the best players in the country. It's Erica DiCandino from Tufts. The senior guard is a first team All-American and for good reason the North, North Wales Pennsylvania senior was the NESCAC player of the year along with Northeast region player of the year. Averaged 16.7 points a game and 8.5 and rebounds per contest. She also had double figures in 24 of 29 games a year. She finished with the second most points in a single season with 483 in tufts history congratulations to erica she is on the all-america first team for d3hoops.com joining her and also an all-american from the NESCAC and from new england maddie Hassan, senior forward from the polar bears of bowden She joins a team from South Portland, Maine. The senior averaged 16.7 points a game, 7.9 rebounds and two assists for the Polar Bears. One of the best shooters at 67.1% from the field, scored in double figures in 23 of 29 games this season, led the team to their first NESCAC title since 2009 in an upset against Tufts on the road. They had a 27-2 record, Bowden, now tied with Wash U for the for 15 all-time selections of the D3Hoops.com All-America teams, they did it with nine players. Congratulations once again to Maddie. And joining her on the first team, we head to Mid-Atlantic, and we talk about a Ford from Messiah. Leah Springer, the Camp Hill Pennsylvania senior, was Mid-Atlantic Player of the Year this season, along with MAC Commonwealth Player of the Year. Some of the best numbers of all regional players of the year, 19.2 points a game, 10.2 rebounds for an average of a double-double. She also had 15 double-double games this season and scored 1,000 points in just three seasons and 81 games. Leah Springer, a heck of a talent out of Messiah. She could even pass the ball pretty darn well. So congratulations to her and rounding out the All-America First team for D3Hoops.com. Again, Sydney Kopp, Renette Hughes, Erica DiCandino, and maddie Hassan and leah springer so there you go congratulations to them we uh, applaud them for their abilities this season and for what they did on the floor for their teams and of course for uh what they were able to do for themselves so congratulations uh pretty impressive list to say the least of course we still have some business left to do there's still some discussion of who might be some of the best players in the country we have our rookie of the year our coach of the year and our player of the year and we won't waste any time coming up ahead we will talk to gordon mann but first let's talk about the rookie of the year for 2020 for d3hoops.com and it's Aliyah hampton of berea the freshman guard is our choice oh, the wrong video. I apologize. we had video of Aaliyah, and apparently i uh, queued up the wrong tape nonetheless it is uh, the Hopkinsville, Kentucky native, was the first Berea player to earn this honor, South Region Rookie of the Year, to go with the USA South Rookie of the Year. Oh, by the way, she was also the USA South Player of the Year and a first-team selection. Averaged 19.8 points a game and 2.2 assists, along with two steals per contest. We got a chance to talk to her about this accomplishment uh, earlier, this, uh, earlier this week to, and get her reaction on what she thought of this honor now joining us on the blue frame technology hoops hotline it is Aliyah hampton from Berea. Aliyah, congratulations and thanks for joining us on the show
7: thank you for having me
0: absolutely I, i'm kind of curious what does it mean to you to be recognized as, as pretty much one not only one of the best players out there in the country but the best freshman to play Bob, um,
7: it's a blessing i never thought it had to me but i'm just glad and thank god every day that it, it happened to me just my freshman year and it's really
0: crazy yeah i was going to i mean i i'm sure you have goals but they're not necessarily there the freshman year i'm sure you would every player would love to get honored in their conference every player would love to be honored in their region and be an all america uh, selection of some kind along the way but to be to be have those goals i should say your freshman year might be a little bit lofty yes it was it's
7: yes yeah. Definitely, because, like, I mean, of course I had to go to be at least a player of the year eventually out of my four years. But, like, to have to get Rookie of the Year and Player of the Year and MVP and all this other stuff, it's just, like, I just I just can't believe it happened.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a little different than what you had in mind when basketball started practice in October or maybe when you were uh, chose to go to Berea. Let's step back to that step. Um, Berea is a very unique school, uh, we talked to your coach earlier this year on the Hoop about all of that. I'm kind of curious what drove you to go to Berea and not only play basketball for the school, but to be a part of that institution.
7: Um, I really just I was really decisive. Like it was stressful to choose what schools to go to. So then I was trying to uh, major in nursing, and they had a good nursing program. And then, like, the basketball, once I talked to Milby, and I haven't even seen him play a game. I didn't even see them practice. Mm. I, Milby was just telling me, like, you know, good things, and I always put stuff on the Internet. So I was just like, okay, forget it. It's three hours away from somewhere I'm from. My mom could come to my games. It has a good national program. It had a whole lot of, like, advantages that a lot of school didn't have. So I just decided, committed, and then now this is who I'm at.
0: What's really interesting, though, is that, you know you've got the work program plus the academic rigors plus basketball. You were really committing to a very different structure than a lot of college students have. Did that attract you to the school?
7: Uh, I was really scared about all that because I knew like a lot of people told like the classes and stuff is hard. Um, I was working. And stuff like that. So I was, like, really scared to go to that school because I just didn't know what I was going into. But then, like, once basketball season actually started and how Milby does things, he doesn't, like, stress us out, like, make us have practice four, three times a day or just, like, just make us come in just because of it and stuff like that. We'll literally have, like, two days a week of practice. Mm-hmm. We won't practice the day before. We won't practice the day before a day sometimes. And it's just, really, it's just really cool and relaxing. And it, he doesn't do too bad of, like, stressing us out about basketball in school because he was like, well, to play, you got to be eligible. So he just like, get your schoolwork done, focus on your schoolwork, then focus on basketball as well.
0: Fascinating. Certainly a different experience than some get, though everybody wants to be eligible. The other aspects certainly make it more interesting, which maybe makes your freshman campaign even the more impressive, uh, leading the team in scoring. Uh, being the first player to get a lot of these awards in Division Three history or in Berea history, period, for the for the institution. But you almost had twenty points a game, uh, two assists per game, three rebounds a game, two a steals a game. You you weren't just one dimensional, were you?
7: <laughs> I guess not. Just from hearing all that, like after that, I didn't even know myself. But I guess it just happened.
0: Yeah, it's true. Uh, I'm curious uh, what this season, or actually before the season, what did you expect you guys could do at Berea? This program has been building a little while, but it's still young in Division Three aspects of of life, or the USA South. What were your expectations coming into the season?
7: Well, first when we first started, we wasn't as like we wasn't as close as like we probably make it seem like it. Like we really never. Talk to each other, let's had a meeting and stuff like that. But then once we actually got going, and we had our first practice. We were just like, we can be good, like we can, we can really do this. So then, like you know, as the season goes on, we started winning, and then we lost some games, and we kept, we went on a streak for a long time. And then it was just our goal was just to be, like to win the championship game in our conference, to go to the NCAA tournament. So. We knew we could accomplish that goal. We just had to put our minds to it and play with all our hearts. And
1: That's what we
0: did. You certainly had an incredible year making the NCAA tournament, and I'm curious as the <laughs> season progressed, what did you got How did the locker room change? Did it become more pressure filled, or did you guys have more fun? Uh,
7: we had more fun because it was just like yeah, it was pressure there a little because like we, we don't want to lose. Like we try to get this done just for the sake of our seniors. And seniors have been through this and i have been through this. And like, it never happened to, it never had happened to me. So we're just like, this is our year to do it. So it became more fun because he always made sure we stayed humble. Like, regardless if we, if we don't win 10 games in a row, maybe it's like, don't get comfortable. Like, he made sure that we stayed humble and that We always know that we had a target on our back. Like the more games we win, the better we keep going as our record goes, and as we beat these teams, like you got to know, like anybody's coming for you. So he just made sure, definitely, to make sure that we stayed humble and never, uh, never was satisfied.
0: Sure. Um, All right. So you've had the, you know, the great season, and you had your individual great season. Does this add to the goals? Do you guys raise the bar automatically for the years ahead?
7: Oh yeah, definitely. It definitely does, because we know, like, we that's just our target. That's our goal every year, to make it into the NCAA tournament and get past the first round and keep going as far as we possibly can. So it's definitely a target to keep reaching for. We know that we can do it. We know it can be good. Uh, we are moving for it. We deal with 4 seniors. So it's just like, we're like, dang, but like, we know that as a team, we're the young team, as you well, know, so it's how we can – we can do this every
8: year if we really want to. We
0: put a heart do it. Well, congratulations, not only on what you guys have done as a team, but what you have done individually. Certainly stood out. You had a tremendous year, and I congratulate you. helped put Berea a little firmly, more firmly on the map, and for that, uh, we tip our hat. As always, we give the guests the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuned in? Um, for anybody, just
7: going to college. Uh, just always have faith in yourself. Always believe in yourself that you can do anything that you put your mind to and have your heart into it. And always pray to God that he keeps blessing you with the opportunities and that he gives you the strength to go through each and every day. But other than that, no, nope, I just thank everybody for every supporting uh, me, supporting my team, and it's plenty more to come
0: well well said and congratulations again thank you for the time we look forward to catching up with you in the in the program down the road
7: Thank you.
0: absolutely alia hampton joining us here on from berea on the blue frame technology hoopsal hotline once again congratulations to alia hampton from berea once and again first time a berea player has ever gotten this honor we congratulate her uh, not to spend any more time on it but it, we we have to get to our coach of the year for 2020 quite a few good selections on this one to choose from we had some great seasons for teams but you go with a team that finished undefeated and that is brian morehouse at hope in his 24th season a 29 and 0 season they finished number one in the d3hoops.com final poll miaa regular season and tournament champions uh, the Flying Dutch had the best defensive team in Division Three, only allowing 42.3 points a game when it was all said and done. And they also had the best scoring margin in the country, 33.4 a contest. Also, top six in turnover margin, defensive field goal percentage, steals per game. They finished undefeated in league play for the seventh time in program history, and Morehouse won his 600th game this season. That's the fastest ever in NCAA basketball, both men and women, and all three divisions to ever get to 600 wins. We talked to Brian earlier about it as well. Now joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsaw Hotline, it is the head coach of Hope College. It is Brian Morehouse. Coach, once again, thanks for joining us on the show, and congratulations.
9: Appreciate it, Dave. It's been a a fantastic year and uh, a lot of great awards that come with that that we don't take for granted, but, uh, you know, obviously a very unique year as well.
0: Certainly. Uh, what, is, what does an award like Coach of the Year mean to you in terms of personally and, and to a program?
9: Well, personally, it means that I've surrounded myself with a lot of great people and I get to speak highly of my assistant coaches and mm-hmm. my players and, you know, defer the credit to them. Uh, that's really the, the power of the award. I've never really been caught up in uh, the awards at the end, it's more the process and getting to them. But, uh, yeah, it's. It is meaningful to be recognized with such a great team that we had this year, and there were a lot of really, really great coaching jobs that were done this year.
0: Yeah, you're right. There were certainly a number of coaches we could be talking to on this particular evening. You happen to be the one who has the program who's the last undefeated in Division Three, and while we still had some games to be played over the course of two weekends to decide who ultimately was going to be the national champs, you guys voted number one as that undefeated part of what was a, a pretty incredible uh, season of accomplishments for you guys.
9: Really great season. You know, I think we it started a year ago when we had an ending that we didn't like uh, to a very good Warburg team and uh, just sort of reevaluated our program. And I don't think anything was completely broken, but I think some things could be polished up and improved upon. And I think we uh, we as a staff and our players took that to heart and really set out to build on last year's scars and, um, you know, add add uh, work to that and make this year a little bit better. And we did that definitely in a big, big way. Well,
0: well what's interesting too is, and you know I have touched on this, you guys lost quite a bit of talent from last year's team. I don't think anybody had huge expectations, at least to the fact of going undefeated for this squad. I think, you know, there are gremlins when you're kind of retooling things. After losing yep. such a great class, did you really yeah, we, expect to be undefeated when you got to this point in the season? No,
9: I and undefeated is kind of the goal but never the goal. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. Uh you know, I think I think that undefeated is something that happens when you commit to being great at the process and embracing every day. You know, we lost an all-timer in mm-hmm. Frankie Buchanan. Uh you know, she's all American uh, one of the leading scorers of all time at our school, and just uh, an all time great. And how do you replace that? And we knew that we had good players that were returning, but that's a big hole to fill. So we had to retool. We had to do things differently this year. Um, we had to coach differently. We had to X and O it differently. And that was a great challenge. And, and our players really took it upon themselves to uh, really take those challenges and those opportunities uh, and run with them and we had some players that made some big big jumps uh, in Frankie's absence Uh, and it was it was really cool to see the improvement that players went about making over the course of the summer beforehand.
0: Absolutely and again undefeated the only one in Division 3 goes along with you know hitting 600 wins this season the fastest in Division 3 for yourself plus other accomplishments for for the team while it didn't end as we traditionally know it with only one team winning and everybody else having taken a loss at least. um, And and while there isn't a trophy to per se raise, how will you think everyone will look back on this season?
9: Hmm. Um, All of our fans will look at it as a national
10: championship.
9: (laughs) Um, But that's just the incredible fandom of our, of our, uh, of our group. Um, I think our players will look at it as um, that they checked off every box they were asked to check off, mm-hmm. and that's how I'll look at it as a coach. Um, every challenge that we put in front of them in practices, in games, um, in the national tournament, they checked those off. Uh, we assume nothing. You know, we had an incredible pod that we were going to play in the Sweet 16. Mm-hmm. I mean, with you know, with the teams that we had there, Oshkosh, Bowden. Uh, not Hoaden, uh, Baldwin Wallace. Um, you know, we knew that it was going to be incredibly difficult. However, you know, we were at home and we had a chance, and we knew that it would have been difficult. But you know, we, we think that uh, we think that we would have had a, a, a real chance at, at advancing. But I think those teams did too because it was very evenly matched pod.
0: Sure, I certainly can understand that point. Uh, not that we want to look too much forward at this point because we're still enjoying what was this season, but what might scare a lot of people is you bring most of this unit back.
9: We have a lot of talent returning. I think the challenge that you always have is to find ways to continue to keep them sharp and um, have them interested in the offseason, have them interested in the preseason. Next fall, have them interested um, in, in – in, the regular season. And I know that sounds crazy, but we're at division three, you know, everybody doesn't make it, Mm -hmm. you know, you're a, you're a bad loss away from not being in. And so we've got to, we have to approach next year just like we did this year. Um, There is no carryover uh, other than the experience that your players bring with them. And I hope that they learned a lot from it. I hope that um, they want to understand that they're still not as good as they can be and i want them to attack those things but uh I, I i think that it would be dangerous to make assumptions heading into next year we've got a great schedule and it should be a great season certainly
0: well brian i appreciate the time congratulations once again on the honor uh we look forward to talking to you down the road as this continues into the future as a program and and certainly we hope and look forward to be backing on the on the basketball court at some time but as always we give the uh, coach and guest the final word any final thoughts you want to share with those tuned in
9: uh, incredible year for division three overall i think that the um, that the quality of teams in division three this year and in the parity was unlike anything i've ever seen before which made the sweet sixteen and and heading to the final four uh... incredibly exciting for everyone and uh... just can't wait to get back in the gym with our players next year and if we can't take this thing uh, all the way through.
0: Sure. Hopefully we get a finish next year, right? Uh, Brian, thanks for the time. Really appreciate it. Take care of yourself. We'll look forward to talking to you down the road. Thanks, Dave. Brian Morehouse joining us here from Hope College and the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline. Once again, congratulations to Brian Morehouse. Again, his 24th season as being the Coach of the Year for this year. Second time he's been named Coach of the Year. He was named it back in 2016 when they won the award. Um, We've been handing this out, though, for only 15 years, so still two and 15 not too shabby, so congratulations to him. And it's now time for the one you've been waiting for in women's basketball. It's a 2020 Player of the year. You can look to the first team selections to possibly pick out who you think it might be. And I think for us, we went with one that we were really impressed with. from Tufts. It is Erica Di Candino, the senior guard, and really forward. She played many a position, to say the least. She was pretty darn impressive, uh, helping the Jumbos to a impressive season, to say the least. I enjoyed watching her. Uh, we mentioned a few of her highlights earlier in the year. Again, NESCAC Player of the Year. That's voted on by the SIDs and coaches. She averaged 16.7 points a game, 8.3 rebounds, 3.5 assists. She was 37% of the Jumbos' entire offense this season. You just could not stop her fun to watch, and she is what helped the Second Jumbos half. go do so well under first-year head coach Jill Pace. We talked to Erica earlier about this honor. Now joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline, it is Erica DiCandino from Tufts. First and foremost, congratulations on the honor and um, a, a little bit of different way to finish the year, but at least you got uh, a nice honor to go with it.
3: Yeah, thank you so much. Like I'm so honored and privilege
0: to have that absolutely Uh, certainly an amazing season not only for you but for tufts as well as a program uh tufts in general has become somewhat of a a powerhouse in terms of of producing really good basketball teams and other sporting Mm -hmm. teams what does it mean to you as a senior to have done what you have done at tufts throughout your career
3: oh it means so much i was so lucky to be a part of it these past four years, I think not only basketball, but like being able to play under Coach Ruby and even Coach Pace now having a new coach, just all those different experiences has taught me so much. And my freshman year, I got to play for a national championship. So that was awesome. Even though we didn't get it, it was still such an amazing experience. And even though the season didn't end up as we wanted, just like mm-hmm. you said, we had an undefeated regular season. We've never gone undefeated in the NESCAC. So we beat two top five teams away which was just such an amazing experience so it's been such an honor to play it tough and i loved every second of it
0: sure i can, I can imagine you would have <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm, I'm curious so you did go through that coaching change any nerves mm-hmm. going into this year about how much was going to change with coach Baruby leaving and coach pace coming in
3: definitely once coach Baruby announced it we were all like oh my god what is going to happen <laughs> but um once we met coach pace we knew right away since she was already she already knew, basically, about Tufts because mm-hmm. she was the assistant a couple of years before. Um, so she came in right away and was like, addressed the, all the changes, said, it's not going to be the same, but I'm going to try to keep it as much as you like, but make my own impact. And um, she was so helpful. Dreamy was so helpful. It was just... Very easy. <laughs> Way too easy, we believe, sometimes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, That, yeah. that could be a good thing some ways, but I can yeah, understand the nervousness exactly. about that. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I'd love to talk about the, the interesting factors about your team and maybe what you contributed to it, because I, I think of two particular games this season, the one against Amherst mm-hmm. early on where you guys all went into overtime and nobody hit 50 points uh, <laughs> in a slugfest of defenses. And then I fast-forward okay. to the game at Bowdoin in the regular season, where none of you could miss shots on either team and <laughs> we're in the 90s in regulation it, yeah. you guys seem to be a, a team that could do a lot of different things it, it was that true in the general sense as a team and and what, how did you contribute to that
3: yeah definitely i mean we know that amherst is such a good defensive team that we really had to turn on our defense because our offense wouldn't be flowing as much especially in the amherst gym their powerhouse of defense. Um, and then, Am- I mean, Bowdoin, obviously, is just so good at offense. They average the most points in the Nescag. They're so good. Um, so we knew we had to be on. I think just our team was able to step up when we needed to step up, and we have really good chemistry both on and off the court. So we were able to kind of rally each other and just kind of grind out the win. Both games were super close. Both teams were really good. And I think just... Our team, especially me, like I try to be a good captain, and we had so many people stepping up, so that's all, all you can ever ask.
0: <laughs> sure, true. Uh, I'm curious, you guys, uh, obviously the season didn't end like we traditionally have it. We either have a champion and everybody else has taken a loss. We ended with 16 teams having wins, getting ready to play their next games. Um, what was the season like from your vantage point other than just this kind of odd finish?
3: Yeah, um, I honestly believe this was one of my favorite seasons, not only because I was a senior, so I was playing every game like it was gonna be my last, but because this team just felt special, like I can say it now because no one knows, but I like I could feel it we were gonna win the national championship, All right. <laughs> obviously that's a stretch well, that's <laughs> but, fair. Um, yeah, but I don't know, we had great chemistry, like I said. Coach Pace was amazing. Coach Jamie was awesome. We had an amazing athletic trainer, um, Pat Cordero. And we just really meshed well. And coming in, having a coach of the year, an assistant coach of the year, you're not just, <laughs> like, who you are for that. So they proved themselves, and I think our team proved ourselves too. And we had such an amazing experience. We lost in the Netscape championship, but even getting to that point was so awesome. And I was so thankful for it.
0: Strangely enough, you and Swathmore on the men's side, both losing in the conference championship games. Uh, a little weird way to end the regular season. Yeah. Um, before we let you go, curious, what? let everybody know what your major is. You're a Jostens finalist, so we, we know you're pretty accomplished in the classroom as well. And, and what do you hap- or plan to do uh, once you graduate?
3: So I'm a cognitive and brain science major, and I currently have a job, hopefully, that starts in August. Um, Uh, working for a business called GuidePoint in New York City.
0: Fascinating. What what does GuidePoint do?
3: Mm -hmm. Um, So basically, I'm going to be a client service associate, and they are kind of the middleman for finding clients and businesses connecting. Oh, very
0: interesting. Um, Mm -hmm. Well, I appreciate the time. Thank you so much. Uh, Congratulations, not only on a tremendous season, but obviously a (laughs) tremendous career. At Tufts, we really appreciate you taking the time. We have a tradition on the show. We always give the guests the final word, final thoughts you want to share with those tuned in.
3: Sure. Thank you so much for this award and for following along with D3 Women's Basketball. And I hope everyone stays safe. Well,
0: well said. Thank you for your time, Erica. <laughs> appreciate it. We look forward to uh, hearing about your endeavors in the future. Thank you. Erica De- uh, De Candino, joining us here on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsil Hotline fun to talk to erica and congratulations again on being the 2020 player of the year for d3hoops.com says a lot about the the ability that she had and the ability that tufts team had to say the least and with that we bring in d3hoops.com senior editor gordon mann to discuss all of this sir uh, I know you do most of the heavy lifting on the women's side, and then every once in a while I'll throw up some flares like, oh, help me with this. Yeah. Uh, I did my best to help you um, with that in mind. Uh, th- this was, I think, one of the more fascinating um, All-America lists, I think. Only one team with two players, everybody else well-represented. I know we don't think there's a lot of parity in Division Three women, but it's showing a little bit, maybe.
8: Yeah, I-, I think you do have a good distribution of really excellent talent. You did have... Uh, You do have four players from the same conference uh, and five from the Northeast region, although the Northeast region has a lot of teams in it. Uh, But, yeah, I thought the team has has pretty good geographic balance. It was harder to pick it this year uh, because, you know, normally those last two weekends is really where you can separate kind of first and second teamers, uh, particularly this year. Uh, For whatever reason, the the top players, the ones that were really in the running for player of the year, they were all forwards. Uh, So Erica who you just had was a swing, Matty Hassan was a forward, uh, Tate Anderson. We
0: may have lost. It was a, oh, sometimes it,
8: it works out that way.
0: Sorry, you dropped nope. there for a second, but you're back. It, Go ahead.
8: Okay. So just saying that the, for whatever reason, there was a concentration of really excellent players at forward and you know that opportunity that you might have had to see Hassan face off with you know, whoever or or you know Springer and and DiCandido looked like they were going to have a matchup in the first in the uh, in the elite eight if they both got that far. We didn't get some of that, so it made it a little harder to, to differentiate. Um, you know, if, if you look at, at Erica's numbers and you look at Maddie Hassan's numbers. Um, I know Matty was the, was the WBCA player of the year. Mm-hmm. They're, they're very hard to distinguish from each yeah. other. They both played very well against each other. They both played better statistically in the game they didn't win, which makes some sense uh, because they needed to. Uh, their team records were not that different. Um, you know, at, at the end of the day, we kind of uh, trusted the coaches in the NESCAC who had picked Erica, uh, and you really couldn't go wrong either way. Uh, with, with either one of those two, Leah Springer, again, had an excellent year. Um, and yeah, pretty good balance. And uh, you know, some schools that have never had all Americans on our list. Uh, Bethel has never had an all American. Yeah. They had a rookie of the year a while back with Rachel Perupski. Um, uh Texas Dallas has never had a, had an all American. Uh, and uh, Berea, you, I know you talked to to Aaliyah earlier. They've never had. And honor on our team, they haven't been that top to, – they haven't been Division Three that long. Sure. Uh, but even some teams like, uh, you know, Loris does not have – has not had a lot of schools. Emmanuel has not had a, uh, a lot of players. And, of course, you do have the Blue Bloods in there, Scranton, Amherst, <laughs> um, you know, those play those programs that, that routinely Wheaton and that routinely have, have all Americans, and they do again. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's a fun process to work through it. It's a difficult one when you don't have those – those tiebreakers where you know, somebody's team went farther. You can say, well, X played against Y and she won that matchup.
0: Uh, Interesting. Always all Americas tend to be senior dominated, but six Mm -hmm. of the 20 were underclassmen juniors and a few sophomores, not counting our freshmen at, at Berea. We, we have some talent that are younger coming back next year. That certainly are going to stand out.
8: Yeah, we we do. And, and uh, you know, the, the players that were, that, we're just missed you couldn't find room for him on the team. We do try and keep some semblance of balance. We don't really want a, an all-American team with four forwards or five guards. <laughs> uh, there were some really excellent players uh, and they were all underclassmen, almost all underclassmen. So, you know, players who are going to come back who will be on the preseason All-American list, you know, barring some sort of injury, players like Olivia Nagy at, at John Carroll and uh, uh, Mackenzie Kramer's uh, teammate, uh, Marissa Schroeder at, at, uh, at Loris, um, uh, Janine Cuffey at NYU, those players will all be back. Uh, their teams will all be good. Um, but you do sort of get a sense of, of the top ten uh, you have Deja Terrell, who was an outstanding sophomore, uh, and you have Leah Porath, who really came on very strong and was the YAC player of the year. And then you have – just like last year, last year, if, if you had looked at kind of who was returning, you would have said the top player returning in the country, at least the lone Jostens Trophy finalist who was returning was from Texas, Dallas. And that will be the case again next year when uh, – um, uh, when Raynette Hughes comes back as our lone, our lone first-team uh, All-American from from a year earlier, and I. I I'm Mr. Kennedy Schoonveld will also be back. She'll be right. a senior next year. You talked to Brian about how stacked his team will be, uh, and Olivia Oskol, who who was someone we looked at very closely, will also be back. And will again, barring some unforeseen circumstance, would be preseason All-American. So there's some good talent coming back. You know, much like the recap season, you and I and and uh, Ryan and Pat did earlier, it's a little bittersweet because you don't know how those final weeks would have played out. Yeah. Um, but you you do. Uh, it, it was it was fun at this this time when there's not a lot of positive things to focus on uh to celebrate some of these uh, some of these players and coaches and what they accomplished
0: and and you mentioned cop I mean, was Justin's winner ha- Hassan was yep. the wbca selection De candido was our selection three of that top five and that's nothing against hughes and springer right uh, and but you go through this list gordon there is some there's some darn good talent throughout the entire team um and granted, it's seniors in a lot of', them, but in a lot of ways, it's players that uh you almost do wish kind of got that last weekend
8: yeah, I mean, this would be the list, right This would be the list of players, particularly it it we do uh we do weigh team success, and if it comes down to it. Uh, one of our tiebreakers, candidly, is: Is your team still playing right yeah. at this point? Um, and when you normally do this, you do this before the national. You release it before the national championship game is, and then there's obviously only two teams playing at that point. Um, but in this case, uh, with 16 left, uh, yeah, that that was, you, you you had a, a lot of really good players from a lot of really good teams, and that's always that's always the case. But this year, I think uh, because of the unresolved finish, it it waited a little more that way.
0: Sure. Hey, sir, I appreciate the time and the hard work. My I pleasure. This was not the easiest project for you, and uh, I've, I've made promises that I will step in and help you in the, in the future. <laughs> uh, I know I, 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 I contributed a little this time uh, with sure. final thoughts sure. at, like, 10 in the morning. Um, but uh, any final thoughts we get from you before we sign off for uh, you for the season?
8: Just a quick one. Thanks to you and to Luke for putting this together again. Not a lot of positivity. I don't, I don't know where... Leo or Brian or Eric were when you caught them, but I know they weren't on campus doing what they they were not, (laughs) whether that's, uh, you know, coaching or or getting ready for midterms or whatever. Um, It's a difficult time. And I'm I'm thankful for the extra effort that you and Luke put into producing the show tonight.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Thank you for the help as well. Uh, Take care of yourself and your family. Look forward to talking to you. Hey, by the way, get a break, will you? (laughs) <laughs> we'll see <laughs> all right we'll talk to you soon gordon yep. Mann joining us on the blue frame technology hoops all skype hotline appreciate him taking the time does yeoman's work on the women's side um certainly knows women's basketball better than anybody we'll take a break when we come back we will talk men's all america teams you're watching the Hoopsville season's finale in the d3 hoops.com all america selections here on hoopsville
5: my name is marcus walker i was all state won a state championship a high school All-American and play college and pro ball. I play because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I wanna bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can.
0: Welcome back to the D3Hoops.com All-America team announcements here on the Hoopsville season finale. I'm your host, Dave McHugh, and thank you for tuning in. We will put a bow on the season, as it were, coming up uh, and talk about these selections uh, and more. Um, but I appreciate uh, Gordon Mann coming on and talking women's uh, selections with us. It's now time to turn our focus to the men's team. And again, remember, we're announcing honorable mention through first team, then we have rookie, coach, and players of the year. There are five players on each team, and so we consider honorable mentions to be All-Americans because, well, there's five of them, and we're putting actual teams together. You have to be an all-region-selected member to be on this, so we do take the postseason into account more than just the regular season. I don't mean to say that it outweighs the regular season. I just mean we add it to their resumes um and we just take five and it would be a team so at most you might see four guards at most you might see three forwards that's how we put this together at d3hoops.com so now time to take a look at the all america team in men's basketball and we start at the guard position as you normally would do and it is Well, hold on. I skipped one. Hold on. I almost had the wrong graphic. I don't want to ruin the surprise. There we go. Eric Demers, the senior uh, guard from Gordon from – I can't remember how to say him in Massachusetts. Garrick, I'm not going to brutalize your team. I should know it, New England. But anyway, Commonwealth Coast Conference Player of the Year, he scored 2,553 career points. That's 14th all-time in NCAA Division III history, 22,553 points. He also led the nation in scoring this year at 32.4 points per game. Joining Demers on the honorable mention team, the man with the hair, it's Booker Copland, the senior from Augsburg, the guard from Shakopee, Minnesota, was a two-time MIAC player of the year and named to the MIAC all-defensive team as well. Averaged 23.7 points a game and eight and a half rebounds as well. Joining them on the honorable um, honorable mention team it is Sam Jefferson senior at Colby at the guard position big guard though to say the least from Newton Massachusetts holds the school record for three, point, uh, three field goals made three point field goals made at 282 he averaged 60 percent from the field 50 percent from beyond the arc and 88 percent from the line in other words the man was hard to stop congratulations to him joining those three on the team from calvin at forward it's a senior from grand rapids michigan it is derek DeV- devries he was named the mia most valuable player he also scored 30 plus points in nine games this season including an incredible 38 against wisconsin whitewater and joining them and rounding out the honorable mention team from st paul minnesota forward from carlton it's senior kent hansen he was a three-time All my selection He was also a finalist for the Jostens Trophy this year. So there you go for the honorable mention, Eric Demers, Booker Copland, Sam Jefferson, Derek DeVries, and Kent Hansen. Congratulations to those gentlemen. Now we move on to the All-America fourth team. And this is, again, five guys from around the country in guards and forwards. And we start in the central part of the country. It is Jake Rohde, the junior from Elmhurst, from Chicago Heights, Illinois, two-time All-CCIW first team selection he had 14 assists in an 88 84 win at carthage this season he was one of the biggest reasons elmhurst was such a big splash this season in men's basketball joining him a guy who loves to make a splash especially from deep from portland oregon it's ben college a senior from whitworth the northwest conference player of the year also a Justin's finalist he finished second in free throw percentage for the for the nation at 91.6 percent in other words Don't put Ben College on the line, especially if he's shooting from deep. Fun to watch him play his four four seasons at Whitworth. And joining them from Nichols, Deontay Bruton, the senior from New London, Connecticut. He averaged 33 points a game in conference and the NCAA tournament. Hit game winner against Stevens this season. Uh, uh, Bruton scored 2,335 career points, second in Nichols history, to 2019 grad Marcus Echeverria. You might remember Marcus Echeverria. You didn't know about Bruton because of Echeverria. Congratulations to Bruton. Uh, also on the fourth team, Nate Schaefer, the senior from Swarthmore and McLean, Virginia. He was a Centennial Conference Defensive Player of the Year, 248 career blocks. And I'll be honest, that's probably low because I think some of his blocks were missed. He was incredibly good. In the second round, NCAA win over Ithaca. He'd scored 14 points with 20 rebounds, four blocks, and three assists. This senior year was Nate Schaefer's coming out party, and boy, did he come out and play a great game and rounding out the fourth team from Yeshiva. It's the forward, Gabe Leifer, um, from Lawrence, North Carolina. He's listed as a senior, but don't be surprised if he's back next year. He's got the eligibility. He had four games with triple-double this season, averaged 16 points a game, 14 rebounds a game, and had seven assists. He was also the Skyline Conference Player of the Year last season. So there's your All-America fourth team. Jake Rohde, Ben College, Deontay Deontay Bruton, Nate Schaefer, and Gabe Lifer, incredible set of teams there, to say the least. And we congratulate everybody for their accomplishments. With that, we take another break. We will uh, get you the second team, our third team, and second team coming up. You're watching the D3Hoops.com All America announcements here on Hoopsville, the
2: season finale. Back with more from the WBCA and ABC studios after this. We are the coaches of women's basketball. We are leaders and teachers, dreamers and winners. We are professionals who conduct ourselves ethically and with integrity. We place the education, safety, and well-being of the athletes we coach above all else and teach them the fundamental values they need to succeed in life. We are coaches united for the good of our game and those who play it. We are the WBCA.
1: It's on us. It's on all of us. And it's time to act now.
7: It's on us to start the change. It's on us to be the change. It's on us. It's on Division three. It's on all of us to stop sexual assault.
0: Welcome back to Hoopsville, the season finale here from the WBCA NABC studios. I'm your host, Dave McHugh. We will wrap up the season with a bow and my final thoughts on the season later. Coming up soon, we'll hear from Ryan Scott as well from D3Hoops.com, our national columnist. But we're in the middle of our men's All-America announcements for D3Hoops.com. We have announced our honorable mentions. We have announced our fourth team. By the way, if you missed the women's, we've already announced their entire team plus rookie coach and player of the year still ahead for us on the men's side we have our third team second team first team and of course rookie coach and player of the year honors so we should probably get back to work shall we not uh where are we we are sitting with the third team if memory serves and joining us on the uh third team and we start with that we head back to the central part of the country. Jack Nolan. I knew that was going to disappear. Give me a second. I, I, I saw a warning sign. Actually, we'll just mention Jack, and then we'll get to it. Jack Nolan, watched you from Downers Grove, Illinois. He was a UAA Coach Player of the Year in the D3Hoops.com Central Region Player of the Year, currently first all-time in WashU career free throw percentage at 91.5%. Uh, Nolan had a tremendous season. Joining him on the third team, it is Carter Volker. Volker, a senior from Wisconsin-Blattville in Keele, Wisconsin, was the WIAC co-player of the year himself. He averaged 16 points a game, seven rebounds a game, and four assists on the season. Joining them on the third team, you know what? This is a guy that makes the the, uh, the the drink work for Johns Hopkins. It's Connor Delaney. He's a junior from Garnet Valley, Pennsylvania. Centennial Conference and D3Hoops.com Mid-Atlantic Region Player of the Year. He was recruited to play lacrosse at both Villanova and Johns Hopkins. He ended up at Johns Hopkins, not playing lacrosse. He's playing basketball in Division Three. Their season came to an end in the first round of Penn State-Harrisburg. Unfortunately, Delaney uh, suffering an injury with 15 minutes left to go in regulation, breaking a foot in that game. Good news is he will be back next year. I hear good things about his recovery. Connor Delaney, fun to watch. Just a junior. He will be a force to be reckoned with. Joining them on the third team, it's Isaiah Brown. Uh, The sophomore from SUNY Potsdam made his presence known, especially in the second half of the season, from Queens, New York. He was a SUNYAC and D3Hoops.com East Region Player of the Year, averaged 29 points and 9 rebounds on the season, and that includes missing a little bit of the season earlier on. He will make the SUNYAC a much more interesting place, to say the least. And joining them and rounding out our third team, it is Luke Rodgers, the junior from Tufts and Boxborough, Massachusetts. He was the choice of the NESCAC Player of the Year, averaged 17 points a game and 12 rebounds a game for a double-double. He only averaged, though, 25 minutes a game or less. So imagine pulling off that double-double in 25 minutes. Congratulations to him. We should point out he's back next year. So is Isaiah Brown. So is Connor Delaney. And so is um, Jack Nolan on this team for these guys return next year. That's not all good news for you uh basketball fans who hope they were gone. Now we'll move on to our second team. Uh, for the d3hoops.com men's team and join, starting off from Wesley, it is Brian Cameron, the New, Newark, Delaware native is was the AEC player of the year. He averaged 29 points a game, 8 rebounds a game and four assists a game for the season. Scored more than 2000 points if memory serves. In his time at Wesley, he was fun to watch for Dean Burrow's squad, and we congratulate him on the accomplishment. Joining Brian in the backcourt, it is Nathan Bauer Malone, a senior from Mount Union in Stowe, Ohio, scored 53 points in an NCAA second-round win over York of Pennsylvania. He was the OAC and D3Hoops.com Great Lakes Region Player of the Year. That's a mouthful, along with the name Nathan Bauer Malone. But the Raiders' top guy, is uh, a second team selection here for d3hoops.com. And joining them also in the backcourt, it is Buzz Anthony for Randolph-Macon. What couldn't this guy do? He's from Arnold, Maryland. He's a junior, just a junior, but he's already a two-time ODAC Player of the Year. He could score, he can dish, he can play defense. Of course, Randolph-Macon, one of the best defensive teams, if not the best defensive team statistically in Division Three men's basketball, and Buzz Anthony was the biggest reason for it. And because it seems so appropriate that Buzz Anthony plays for Randolph-Macon, who are the Yellow Jackets, his mom name? B, because of course it is. Joining them on the second team is Adam Favorite from Wisconsin, Oshkosh, the defending national champs who technically will still be the defending national champions next year. From Marshfield, Wisconsin, he was the WIAC co-player of the year with Carter Volker, who was on the other team. He averaged 18 points a game and nine rebounds, along with four assists this season for the forward. And he is joined by a familiar member. It's from Oshkosh as well, Jack Flynn. The center, senior from Appleton, Wisconsin. What a couple of seasons he has had. The 2019 NCAA Tournament Most Outstanding Player and three-time WIAC first-team member. He's also a two-time All-American in track and field. He throws the discus. Unfortunately for Jack Flynn, his season not only came to an end in basketball, it came to an end in the spring sports as well. Tip of the hat to Jack Flynn and congratulations on all that he has accomplished. And with that, we have now gotten our, our all the way through the second team. We'll take another break. When we come back, we will talk about the um, first team, and then we'll talk rookie, coach, and player of the year. And still ahead, we will talk about these teams with our friend Ryan Scott. You're listening to Hoops Show, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. More the D3Hoops.com All-America teams when we come back. <laughs>
2: We are the coaches of women's basketball. We are leaders and teachers, dreamers and winners. We are professionals who conduct ourselves ethically and with integrity. We place the education, safety, and well-being of the athletes we coach above all else and teach them the fundamental values they need to succeed in life. We are coaches united for the good of our game and those who play it. We are the WBCA.
0: Welcome back to the WBCA and ABC studios here. The Hoopsville WBCA and ABC studios. We are presenting the D3hoops.com All-America team here. And we have gotten through the entire women's team, including uh, postseason awards and rookie coach and player of the year. And we have now gotten through the honorable mention, fourth team, third team, and second team selections, on the men's side, I'm your host, Dave McHugh. It's time to talk about the second team and first team, right? Or no, we did the second team, I apologize. First team and then our honorees. And, of course, when we're talking about first team men's basketball, there are some really good players across Division Three, to say the least. This was not an easy task, um, probably one of the more challenging ones. And, again, because as we talked with Gordon Mann, we didn't have a lot of uh, we still had games that we wanted to compare some of these players with. But when it's now time to talk about the D3Hoops.com. First Team All-America selections, and we start with a player who's, who's captured the headlines for a number of years, Nate Shimowitz from Nebraska Wesleyan. He's our first selection. Shimowitz from Omaha, Nebraska, was the American Rivers Conference and D3Hoops.com West Region Player of the Year. He is a four-year All-Conference First Team selection in the ARC. And he averaged 25 points a game this season, shot 57% from the field and finished with 488 career assists. He did his best to try and keep Nebraska Wesleyan in the tournament despite getting injured. But hats off to Shumowitz on an incredible season. He is our first selection to the All-America First Team. And congratulations to him. It'll be We'll miss Nate on the basketball floor, though the ARC may not miss him. Joining him in the backcourt, Oh, man, was he fun to watch. Nate West from Letourneau, the All-America selection senior guard. Watch the highlight reel, please, because the man was amazing. Nate West from Letourneau is also from Houston, Texas. He was the South Region Player of the Year in three-time All-Region selection for D3Hoops.com. He scored a Division III season-high 67 points on senior day. He also could distribute. He could play defense. He was trying to watch. There wasn't anything Nate could not do, and we appreciate the effort that he put in. We'll finish with this nice little flare on the layup. Nate West, your All America first team. Joining them in the backcourt, you got to go with a good guard, and you got to go back to the place where college basketball and basketball in general was created. We go to Springfield, and Jake Ross, the senior guard, is our selection for first-team All-America. He's from Northampton, Massachusetts. He scored 2,634 career points. That is tied for seventh all-time. His career averages, 25 points a game, nine rebounds, and four assists. He was fun to watch. A two-time D3Hoops.com Northeast Region Player of the Year. If memory serves, I think he even set a scoring mark in the New Mac. He is incredible, and we will miss him I know that uh, his coach will miss him, too. Congratulations to Jake Ross. We'll finish with a nice little turnaround jumper from him. He is on our first team. And joining them from Yeshiva, Ryan Terrell, the sophomore guard. Hint, hint, sophomore guard from Yeshiva. He is from Los Angeles, California, the Skyline Hoops.com Atlantic Region Player of the Year, Skyline Player of of the Year. Average 24 points a game, six rebounds a game, three assists a game. Um, with field goal percentage of 64 percent and he shot 46 percent from beyond the arc the guy was incredible you can also dunk it home congratulations to ryan terrell on his accomplishment and he joins our first team selection there's just one player left for the first team and some of you probably guessed who it is there's many many in the cciw that glad that he's finally out of eligibility connor raritan the senior forwarder from north Central, Raritan, one of those players who who seemed to just never go away. Three-time CCIW first-teamer. He was a CCIW player of the year this season from Plainfield, Illinois. Finished with 634 career assists. That's second highest for active players and top 50 all-time as a forward. The entire Central first-team All-Region selected as All-Americans. That shows you just how much talent there was, and Connor Raridan certainly was among that list. Congratulations to him and all of the first teamers. Again, Nate Shimowitz, Nate West, a lot of Nates, by the way, Jay Cross, Ryan Terrell, and Connor Raridan. Your D3hoops.com, All America first team. And we're not done yet. Let's talk rookie of the year for 2020. A lot of interesting choices you could go here, and there was an interesting conversation for this, and I think it was basically it came down to how impressed we were for the program that he joined. Vinny D'Angelo of Swarthmore. He's from Aston, Pennsylvania, and the freshman shot 52% from the floor, 48% from beyond the arc. Uh, He was also, where did my notes go? Here we go, 85% from the free throw line. Led the team in assists, was leading in points by the end of the year. He came in as a freshman and not only replaced Cam Wiley, who had graduated, but he took over the starting position many thought would go to someone else. He ended up starting 20 of 29 games. Vinny D'Angelo chatted with me earlier about this honor for a team that he took over at Swarthmore. Now joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline, it's the freshman from Swarthmore, a rookie of the year. It is Vinny D'Angelo. Many congratulations on the honor, and thanks for joining us.
11: Thanks, David, and thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. Uh, again, Rookie of the Year on a program that was number one in the country throughout the season. What, is, what does this honor mean to you?
11: Um, you know, I think this honor is just a testament to my teammates and my coaches. You know, uh, I really appreciate uh, my coaches for pushing me to be the best me uh, on the court and outside the court every day and my teammates um we doing the same really and uh you know i think we had a really really well connected team and uh part of what we're going through now that stinks is you know i don't get to hang out with them every day and, uh, and play basketball with them so yeah i think it's just a testament to them and all their hard work they've done too
0: let's back up a few steps what interested you in swathmore in the first place
11: um, so Swarthmore is actually about 20 minutes from my house. Um, and in the college application process, I knew I wanted to go somewhere that was close to home. Um, also, in the summer, going into my senior year, I uh, I met Landry and, uh, and some of the assistant coaches and we started to develop a relationship. And, you know, I knew Swarthmore was... Uh, an academic challenge and that was something i wanted one of the best academic schools in the country and uh... You know, i thought landry was a great guy a great coach and um, you know i thought we would fit uh... pretty good so that's why i chose to
0: you come in the program had been to the national championship last year they lose one player they per- certainly have high expectations of of trying to repeat the the accomplishment if not win a national championship and they're the preseason number one team was there a, any pressure did you feel, even before n- being named a starter, I just mean coming into preseason, was there any pressure that you were joining a program with really lofty expectations?
11: Uh, you know, I personally did not feel any pressure. And uh, I think that's because as a team we focused um, on getting better every day and not looking in the past or looking in the future, just being in the present. Um, and enjoying our time together and getting better every single day of practice.
0: You then take on the role of running the offense, essentially, or at least getting it started, I should say, as a starter. You know, again, losing the player who had done that last year, there was one um, who was his backup that I think many of us thought would take on that role. You come in as a freshman and take over that role. What was that experience like to be handled, essentially, that responsibility and, and that mantle?
11: Um, yeah, that experience was, uh, you know, it started off difficult, um, you know, college is a lot different than high school, a lot harder, but, you know, when you have, like, great shooters on the outside, like Connor Harkin, Jordan Scotty, Zach O'Dell, it, it opens up things a lot, and, um, you know, it's just a testament to even the guys who got me better in practice, and, um, and the guys I was on the court with, you know, just, trusted me with the ball, and uh, you know, I thought it was a uh, fun
0: time. Well, by the end of the season, you had gone from maybe just focusing on running things and getting things started and finding guys like Odell, Visconti, and Schaefer their shots to getting your shots yourself, essentially leading the team in scoring in the last quarter of the season or so. You, you were putting up a lot of points yourself. That certainly, was that a change in role, or was that just how this offense evolves?
11: Um, you know, I just think that's how our, our team was, you know, we had in our starting lineup, I'm pretty sure, you know, everyone dropped 20 points at least one game. You know, anyone could essentially uh, shoulder uh, the scoring load. And I think that's part of what uh, made us great this year is that we were so uh, such like an even team and well-connected team.
0: You guys got almost through the entire regular season undefeated, Laos coming to Johns Hopkins in the championship game of the conference. Was there a burden when that happens that you're going undefeated, or was there almost a sense of, okay, we got one done, and now we can kind of reset ourselves?
11: <laughs> um, yeah, you know, that loss stung. Uh, it still stinks a little, but, mm-hmm. you know, we just tried to to get past it and. uh stay in the president as, as soon as possible and just focus on our next game in the tournament. And, uh, you know, I thought we did just that. You
0: know. oh. um, interesting enough, the other thing I'm sure that stings is how the season ended. Uh, you guys, a couple games away from where I'm sure the ultimate goal was, was to win a national championship. You guys get it pulled out from under you with in the round of 16. If you don't mind, what was that experience like to learn that the season had abruptly finished?
11: Um. Yeah, it was, it was gut wrenching, but, um, you know, as soon as we, as we found out, uh, Coach Landry talked to us in the, in the locker room and, um, you know, he kind of put things into perspective for us. And, uh, we've, you know, talked about how big this thing really is. And, um, you know, some of the seniors or both the seniors talked to us and, uh, you know, just to be grateful for everything that we went through this year and, uh, they were, or We were just glad that we really enjoyed the experience together you know, every second of it.
0: I assume now, too, the expectations are you guys want to keep doing this moving forward. While well, you'll lose some seniors, you guys have a lot of talent. I assume you guys are going to want to make sure that you uh, stay on top it t- to some degree.
11: Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, We're just going to try and um, talk about it already, but just get better every single day
0: sure makes sense uh i listen i appreciate the time congratulations on coming in and having such a a tremendous season on such a tremendous team um and and i appreciate you giving us some insight on things as well we have a tradition on the show we always give the final word to the guest any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuned in
11: uh i just want to say to my family and uh thanks for
0: having me absolutely congratulations once again thanks for the time we'll look forward to talking to you down the road Thank you. Absolutely. He's Vinnie D'Angelo from Swarthmore, joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsaw Hotline. Once again, congratulations to D'Angelo of Swarthmore, the guard from Aston, Pennsylvania. The bad news for everybody is he will continue to help Swarthmore be a very good team. They may be losing some good talent in Odell and Schaefer, uh, but they've got some great talent coming back, including D'Angelo and others and that will keep Swarthmore in the conversation nationally and, of course, in the Centennial Conference and Mid-Atlantic region. Congratulations to D'Angelo. Just the fact he came in and took over that program that got to a national championship last year is why we thought he was so impressive. All right, so now we've got that award down. It's time to talk about our Coach of the Year, and there's a lot of directions you could go with this. There were a lot of really good men's basketball teams this year. It's that parody conversation, is it not? So where, where do you go, essentially? What, what, what do you choose for an option? How do you, how do you pick, almost? It's not, an easy, it's not an easy choice, and I think we kind of hemmed and hawed over it for a while, but eventually decided that we felt that, well, what you did in the, on, the, on the court, what you've done as a program, and what you have done overall is probably something that's worth noticing and, and taking note of. And so our coach of the year this season forgive me as i try and find a graphic that failed on us is from yeshiva elliot Steinmetz, who's in his sixth season team won 29 straight games and was still alive in the ncaa tournament when the season was canceled on their way to take on randolph macon in the round of 16 they among a, a number of others had a legitimate chance at possibly winning the national title by the way Steinmetz is a full-time lawyer and a part-time coach. He's an alum of Yeshiva, and in his time as head coach, he has not had a losing season. They have worked their way to this. This is what they wanted to accomplish, and he told me more about it when I talked to him earlier. Now joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline, it is the head coach of Yeshiva and our coach of the year. It is Elliot Steinmetz. Coach, thanks for taking the time, and congratulations.
11: Thank you so much. I appreciate the honor.
0: Absolutely. Uh, What I mean, this is the program that you have been wanting to get not only on your floor, but get this kind of recognition for. You knew there was an opportunity to pull this off. Does it feel like you guys have, have finally hit the point you wanted to be at?
4: I think we have, you know, I think, you know, look, unfortunately, got cut short, obviously, but I, I think, you know, we were looking for, uh, you know, to be on the national scene, to be in a situation where we were competing nationally and, and respected nationally, um, you know, having an opportunity, as we spoke about six years ago, not just to keep, compete for our conference championship, but to compete for a national championship. And I think we really put ourselves, you know, in on that road, so to speak, uh, the last couple of years and, and, you know, took a big step forward this year
0: certainly took a big step forward um when you look back at this season i know you guys had lofty goals what of them got accomplished because you had control over you know was was it to be nationally ranked was it to win a conference championship was it to get to a certain point in the ncaa tournament just curious how you guys did with the goals you actually had control of because i realized national championship was not one you had control of this time
4: <laughs> that that's right um you know they they, they say uh, man plans and god laughs i guess but <laughs> <True>. <laughs> um <clears throat> we uh you know we we had the goal of going going undefeated in our conference and and obviously winning that that championship which we were able to check off we we did have a goal of becoming nationally ranked we thought that that as much as it's a um you know, it's it, it's a it's kind of a, a credit to what you have accomplished and not what you can accomplish going forward. We thought it was still a nice way for us to be able to get on the national scene, have people talking about our you know program and our players, um, and have us in a situation where perhaps we'd have an easier time scheduling uh, scheduling games, you know, in future years. So that was certainly a goal. And and uh, you know, once we were in the tournament, the initial goal was obviously to win a game, and and then uh, kind of you know one day at a time from there. Sweet sixteen was definitely you know on that list, and. Um, we were were hoping for more
0: sure Uh, as was a lot of teams unfortunately but back to the the goal setting to some degree i know you wanted to put a team on the floor that could compete but you had to change some minds Uh, not only a couple of years ago but this year feels like teams that have put put on the floor that can help change some minds to help this recruiting that you can continue to get guys who may have thought about going elsewhere to come to you
11: yeah, it's it's
4: definitely been a process. You know, I thought uh the, you know the seniors especially our two starters and captains uh Cynthia Halpert and Donnie Katz who will both graduate this year really kind of put us on that road when they when they joined up a few years back um, you know we we talked about these goals and uh you know they were they were some of the few who, uh, who didn't laugh about it but were either dumb enough or uh, confident enough to really you know go, go chase it with me <laughs> and uh well, you know, once we got those two guys on board it really opened things up you know you start winning games and uh, it becomes a little bit contagious
0: Not to dwell on how this all ended, but it obviously ended rather abruptly um, before you got a chance to take on Randolph-Macon in the round of 16 to see if you guys could get to Fort Wayne on the very least and maybe Atlanta in the grand scheme of things. What was it like for you and the team to get that news, if, if I'm not mistaken, as you arrived in Ashland, Virginia?
4: Literally pulling into the parking lot at the hotel uh when when the tweet came out from the n c a a and we started getting phone calls um you know obviously the guys were upset and uh you know we we tried to um you know sit down and kind of have uh the team together for for dinner that night and you know I think everybody was expecting me to have something to say and I, there's just no words it's you know i I put it out on uh you know in the WhatsApp chat that we have with the team a little bit, you know, a couple of days later, uh, there was, you know, it's just tough. It's, it's a unique ending. I think when they look back, that's what they'll have to kind of look at, you know. You know, we had so many people texting and calling with the classic, well, you're sixteenth of a champion or, um, you know, you didn't <laughs> lose on the last day. All the things that, and I get it, people mean well, and they're trying to make you feel good about what you accomplished over the course of the season. But we're competitors, you know, and, and we wanted to see if we could, you know, go beat Randolph-Macon, who was the number one defensive team in the country, and we wanted to see if we could advance past that, you know it wasn't, like, enough for us to kind of be able to say, well, at least we didn't lose. Um, mm. So, you know, my, my message to the guys was basically, uh, you know, it's certainly a unique ending we'll be able to look back at. You know, life's about, uh, life's about perspective, and um, it's bigger than basketball. There always will be, and kind of the world, as usual, finds a weird way to remind us of that.
0: Yeah, that's a fair point. On a personal level, what does an honor like this mean or at least the, the success of the program mean to you?
4: I think that's exactly what it is. I think it's the success of the program. I think it's something that, uh, you know, Speaks, you know, worlds about what our, you know, my assistant coaches have done. You know, they're the ones who put in a ton of the work. I'm just a pretty face, and uh, you know, our players who are, you know, up every morning at six o'clock in the morning, working hard, uh, you know, towards these things. It, it, you know, we we talk about these things a lot as a program in general. When these awards come out, whether it's, uh, you know, individual player awards or, or coaching awards, they're program awards. They're, you know, they're they something for the program to celebrate because you know we we kind of accomplished it all together.
0: Uh, I know you joked with me about this prior, but I I, I am kind of curious. Would you hope to make the NCAA tournament when there isn't something following you guys? Obviously, two years ago, it was a question about a player's eligibility. This year, uh, one of the hardest hit areas to to start the coronavirus uh, was in the Yeshiva area, which certainly made things interesting in your opening weekend of the tournament. Are you hoping one year you're just Yeshiva and you're just playing in the games?
4: That's the hope. One year we're going to go to the NCAA tournament and we're just going to play a game or two.
0: <laughs> Without or anything fouling you, right?
4: <laughs> exactly.
0: Uh, well, Elliot, congratulations on not only a tremendous season, but this honor. It, obviously, it, it, it shows what you've built. It also shows what the team has accomplished. And, and we congratulate you and all of the players who've gotten their um, hats tipped as well. And we congratulate you. As always, we give the coach and the guests the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those tuned in?
4: Sure. So, first of all, thank you, and as always, for everything you guys do, and, and I guess the easy, uh, the easy final words for today are, you know, hoping that uh, everybody's following the rules out there and, you know, what doctors are putting out and that uh, we can kind of move past these uh, very bizarre and, and dangerous times and, you know, get back to, you know, first of all, and, you know, first and foremost, healthy, normal life, and then second, and not as important, but definitely important, to sports and, and competition.
0: Well said. Congratulations again. Thank you for your time. We look forward to talking to you in the future.
4: Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. He's Elliot Steinmetz from Yeshiva joining us here on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsal Hotline. And congratulations once again to Elliot. Again, in his sixth season at his alma mater, has not had a losing season, and they won 29 straight. They were looking darn good. Tough to see that season come to a close for him and many other teams. But congratulations nonetheless. And now let's move on to the 2020 player of the year and I'll be honest, sometimes this player of the year award is is figured out in the tournament and sometimes we know before the tournament. I think this year it was up in the air. We kind of had our favorites and we wanted to see how the tournament would play out. National tournament really didn't give us much time and we went with the player that certainly caught our attention almost every single night the ball was tipped up down in Texas. Nate West of Letourneau, the senior guard from Houston, Texas, is our 2020 D3Hoops.com Player of the Year. We were talking about him earlier. What doesn't this guy do? Averaged 43 points over the final two uh, weeks of the season, including the playoffs, had five career triple-doubles, fourth in the nation this year in scoring, and second in the nation in assists this season. The man was incredible to watch play the game I enjoyed it. We all enjoyed it. And I know his opponents probably didn't enjoy it. I talked to Nate West about this. Now joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline from Letourneau, it is Nate West, our Player of the Year. Congratulations, sir, and thanks for joining us.
6: Yes, sir. Thank you.
0: Absolutely. Uh, First and foremost, uh, what does it mean that, especially at Letourneau, uh, where you guys have brought the program kind of into the national spotlight, that you get an honor like this?
6: Yeah, that's probably the biggest thing is uh, bringing bringing uh, the light to my school. I mean, of course, we we're not really a known. We're not really known for basketball. Not really known for sports much mm-hmm. at all. So it just feels good to uh, all the support that we get and uh, have a good result with it.
0: You've had an amazing career. We look at you statistically throughout. You've certainly been an incredible player. But this year, you certainly seem to shine even brighter did Were you motivated going to the senior year to try and do something special this year individually or as a team
6: yeah uh we we of course had our, our team goals and i had my my uh individual goals that I knew i needed the coach helped me come up with to uh to know what I needed to do for us to be a good team and uh they were obviously really big goals because we had a lot of young players so and I was able to actually achieve two goals that I wanted was scoring and leading the nation in assists.
0: Yeah, the the assist thing I always think is amazing, especially when somebody scores, because you're willing to dish it out. You you dished it out 7.9 times a game. For somebody who's averaging nearly 30 points a game and to essentially contribute another minimum 36 points a game, that's a pretty impressive statistic. W- what was the mentality going in that you said it was a goal, but how'd you go achieve it?
6: Um, I just would... I uh during the game, just try to get my teammates involved as much as possible. I mean, pour confidence into them as much as possible. So, I mean, because I know we always, always going to need them all. I like guess at some point, we needed somebody different. So, just giving everybody a chance to shine and then also doing my, doing my thing at the same time.
0: Sure. Well, it's tough to do both, and you were able to yeah. certainly this year. You had an interesting finish to the season. While we were very used to you scoring, uh, your fair share points all year long. In your last six games, you achieved forty-seven points against Louisiana College, sixty-seven against Belhaven, and in your final game of the season, fifty-one against Whitworth in in the in the NCA tournament. Were you just peaking at the right time? What what kind of led to those scoring outputs?
6: Uh, that was that was just uh, I mean, well, the sixty-seven was a team effort. My team wanted me to. Senior. That was my senior night, so they they wanted me to they wanted me to put on more of a scoring show because so they knew I could. But uh, Whitworth, we were we definitely were uh, needing all every single point that I had. <laughs> we, yeah, we were struggling as a team, especially in the uh, especially in the first half. So I mean, it was just I was getting every bucket that we needed, and we ended up losing the buzzer, but it was still a good effort by us. And, uh, and Louisiana College was. Uh just another game where I got hot.
0: Bellhaven, sixty seven? I mean that's that's an astronomical number.
6: Yeah, that was that was uh my teammates just kept feeding me and I was I was happened to get hot. Started off slow, but I ended up getting high, making a lot I made I think of eleven threes.
0: Uh twelve. Twelve of twenty five. Oh.
6: Oh, twelve, twenty-five threes. I shot twenty-five threes. That's crazy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that is a little bit crazy. Uh, yeah. You definitely seemed like a player who could you could play really well from outside, but you weren't afraid to go inside. Did, did that make you more challenging to defend?
6: Yeah, that actually is is a big part of my game. Because once I I know everybody's in fear of the outside making threes. that's very discouraging to the other team, so they basically just escort me to the goal. (laughs) So, so, I mean, being able to finish inside over uh, bigger people is just something I've been able to do my whole life. I've never been big. So just doing that helps me.
0: Um, You guys made it to the NCAA tournament for the second time in the three years that you were with the program. What did it mean to take this program to the dance?
6: Oh, it means a lot because I mean, we we got there my sophomore year. We won a game, and it just felt like forever since we got back there. So, I mean, it, it was it's obviously the biggest accomplishment because it's something our school has really ever done before I got mm-hmm. there.
0: And that's kind of a legacy you'll leave behind. Is, but is it is it just about the game? What else do you hope that people remember about you at Laterna? Uh,
6: I hope they remember everything about me. I mean, I, I was just. I was always nice to everybody as possible. Uh, just try to be a great influence on the campus as much as I could, not just campus, and the whole community. Because I know a lot of young people looked up to me in the community.
0: Very interesting. Um, when you look at what the future holds, uh, we're curious, what is your major? And what are you hoping to do when graduation comes?
6: Uh, I'm an accounting major. And after graduation, I'm looking to play some more basketball, wherever that may be.
0: Sure. Uh, do you have uh, anywhere you're targeting, or is it anywhere that would have you?
6: Yeah, anywhere where I would be appreciated, and I can play my own game. Sure. Pretty much.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I know Europe—they love the outside shooters as much as the guy who drives in. So maybe yeah. I, I don't—I would be shocked if we're not hearing about you playing in the pros somewhere. Yeah. Uh, Nate I really appreciate the time congratulations not only on, on your season and, and on this honor but what you have done and what your teammates have done at Letourneau to bring them into the conversation and add another fun Texas team for us to watch we really appreciate your time we always have a tradition on the show we leave the final word to our guests any final thoughts you want to share with those tuned in
6: uh, I just want to say thank you to Letourneau and all my teammates and my that's it
0: well said. Well, congratulations again. Good luck in your future, and we'll look forward to catching up with you maybe down the road.
6: Okay, thank you.
0: Absolutely. He is Nate Westing, joins us on the Blue Frame Technology a Hotline from Letourneau. Darn good season for Nate West. Darn good season for Letourneau. What he did for that program to ri- raise it up, I have a feeling his uh, name will be immortalized at Letourneau for years and years to come. Fun guy to watch. Um, there were a lot of fun guys to watch, fun, a lot of fun ladies to watch play basketball as well this season. And congratulations to Nate West, our D3hoops.com. Player of the Year from Letourneau. Um, With that, we will uh, take a break. When we come back, Ryan Scott will join me to talk about those men's selections, and then I'll put a bow on the season, as it were, let you know what our plans are moving forward, but we'll kind of wrap things up um, and give our proper thanks for what tonight's show became to those who helped us pull it off. You're listening to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and Studios. We'll take a break and be back with more after this.
5: My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can.
3: To get a friend home safe.
5: To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up.
3: To make our community
7: safe for all. It's on us.
5: It's on us to look out for each other at parties.
7: It's on us.
5: To be more than just a bystander to step up and say something. It's on us, all of us. To to stop stop sexual sexual assault. assault.
7: Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org.
0: Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the show as we have announced both the women's and men's All-America teams for D3Hoops.com. Congratulations to all 50 players who were named all Americas. Also, congratulations to the two rookie of the year, two coaches of the year, and two players of the year. Amazingly enough, only three schools had players on both teams. And on the women's side, only one team had two players. On the men's side, um... I think only maybe one team had two players. Ryan Scott can correct me uh, if I'm wrong. And and trust me, he's done that before. Uh, No problem. You're going to hear from him here, I hope, uh, in a second here, because for some reason our system is uh, ignoring me and doesn't want to bring in his Skype shot. So we're going to have to do this the hard way, Um, as this was obviously not the easiest of of ventures. Give us a second. I am literally stalling because... I'm having to scramble to a different setup than we were supposed to be doing because this isn't how this was supposed to be going. Um, oh, guess the wrong one. Bear, bear with me. Bear with me. Uh, this was all working fine until uh, it, it didn't want to work anymore. Um, Ryan Scott joins us on the Blue Frame Technology Skype hotline. Hello, sir. Hello, Dave. Thanks for having me back one more time. Absolutely. Um, your thoughts on, on, the, on the selections in general.
10: Um, this is one of those, I think you've mentioned it before, and we talked about it with Gordon, that not having these last two weekends of the, the tournament were just really difficult in terms of, of, of choosing, you know, who goes where. And it feels like we, we had so many, you know, worthy players who could have played their way on, um, given a couple of more big, high-pressure games.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. Or,
10: or at least maybe
0: position themselves a little bit differently, though I think we have yep. a tremendously good team here, don't get me wrong. Um, some really good players. A lot of underclassmen, too. Uh, I think that jumps out. It's going to make our lives a little easier when it gets to preseason. Women had six underclassmen. I think I saw more than six on this men's team, if memory serves. Um, there's there's a lot of young talent out there that's pretty darn good in men's basketball.
10: Man, the class of of junior guards who will be seniors next year is True. just uh, phenomenal. You know, Buzz Anthony and Jack Nolan and Connor Delaney and Jack Rohde. And, man, I mean, it... it uh, really impressive players that, that we have coming back, which is really good.
0: Yeah, I should take that back, by the way. It was six players, and in reality, uh, we had the same number on the men's side, though that one team had four uh, underclassmen uh, in general. When you looked at, at what we had for talent on the men's side, uh, or at least for those who, who stood out to you, I know when, we, when you kind of came out with a, a rough list, I remember thinking to myself, man, there's a lot of people I'd like to move higher, and then I couldn't. How tough was it from your vantage point?
10: yeah I mean that's that's how it always is with these at least that's what you want right is to get to the end and and we had maybe ten guys or more who did not make these teams, and it's really sad because they had all american worthy seasons and and those are tough decisions that you have to make and i'm I'm glad we do it as a committee and not individual <laughs> because I would not want that responsibility um but, you know, we just have so much great talent. And, and as much as we try to watch these games, we probably haven't seen all of these guys as much as we would have liked to, right? And, and that makes it even harder there as well.
0: Yeah, fair. No, I absolutely agree. We try to watch as many games as we can. And sometimes we might catch them on a bad night. That's the other thing that, uh, that has happened on, on a time or two. Anybody jump out at you on the season that they had that almost surprised you that you, you didn't realize how good they were having?
10: Um, I mean, quite how good they were. Uh, Some of the numbers when we finally were looking at them were were surprising. I think Isaiah Brown's numbers, we knew he was very good, right? And he had some individual games that were impressive. But what was it, 29 and 9 that he had averaged? Right. um, I I had not heard of Nathan Bauer Malone before this season. Obviously, we knew of him as the season went along. But then the 53 in the tournament, um, he had – I mean, obviously – he's a lead guard. He's a guy who can put up points, but that was, that was a bit surprising. Maybe not for the Mount union fans, but it certainly (laughs) was for me. Um, and, and then just to see what these guys have, Deontay Bruton, the last two weeks, um, you know, he he averaged something like, you know, 38 points and he's not a tall man, uh, had a couple of games with 14 rebounds when they really needed them. Um, you know, uh, I can just keep listing guys. (laughs) You know, we, We have so many great players. Um,
0: well, I what jumped out at me was how many Bruton scored in his career when Marcus Echeverria had been ahead of him for all but one season. He still scored 2,300-plus points.
10: Um, right. And he scored 2,300 points, and he's the second career scorer for right. Nichols, right? Like, that's... <laughs> right. Behind Echeverria, by the way. Well, and then we had... Uh... Not on the list. I, I don't know if he made the all-region for the Northeast. Tyler Dion went to, I believe, Worcester State, but it was on that team with those guys two years ago. He transferred out as another you know, big-time scorer that they had all together sharing that ball.
0: Yeah, there, there was at least uh, a dozen guys. I remember you came out your first list. And I even argued. I was like, well, can we move so-and-so higher? And the same thing we always say to those who argue against us. Okay, who are you going to move down? Um, give me a minute. No, I'm going to need more time. There was so many good players for so many different teams, and then there were teammates we couldn't get on. Obviously, Oshkosh uh, had two guys, and we felt comfortable with that. But, you know, I feel bad for guys that, you know, a Zach O'Dell, and I don't want to name specific people, but there was a Zach O'Dell who did have a, a lesser season than the year before but maybe you know stats wise maybe because he was more known but there were guys like that who were so good and so integral with their teams that you just couldn't shoehorn them in
10: well right and swathmore is a particularly difficult case for us right because they play a style where i don't think anybody on that team averaged more than 23 24 points a game no right and so they're not putting up the numbers the way other guys would and they're they're a you know a passing system everybody scores they could have probably five guys in the right situation who could be on this list, right? The talent is there. It's just figuring out, you know, uh, how they play in the system and where they're ranked with the all region. And, and um, you know, thankfully, most years – those kinds of teams that are stacked and play more of a team game get rewarded, right? By winning and going far in the tournament. It's just a little sadder this year that we, we didn't have the chance for these guys to get that sort of team recognition that we would normally see.
0: Well, as Vinny D'Angelo said in his interview, every single guy on that roster essentially, or at least the main guys all had 20 plus point games at some point, their leading scorer was George Visconti, who we haven't even talked about at 12.3 points a game. Vinny D'Angelo at 11, six Connor Harkins. We're not talking about at 11.1, Zach O'Dell at 10.7, and then Nate Schaefer at 10.5. And you're wondering, well, why is Nate Schaefer there? Because what he could do defensively and on the boards was ridiculous. And then you have Zach O'Dell. But that's the problem with, with Swarthmore is you had five legit guys on any given night was going to perform.
10: Right, and that's the thing. And hopefully, you know, they're a pretty tight-knit team, and I hope they're watching and, and congratulating Nate. But, uh, you know, there really are three guys you could probably just in that same spot who would all make a great case and everyone would be happy with, you know, that they, 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 that's just the style they play. It's the same thing. I'm, I'm glad we were able to recognize Vinny as well. Yeah. You know, his assist numbers are not super high for a point guard, but that's largely because Swathmore's making three or four passes before <laughs> they get the shot off. Right. And the point yeah. guards getting the first one. So um, yeah. And you see that across the board. Hopefully we're not just slaves to numbers in this whole system, right? No. You know, Connor, Connor Raritan does not score a ton of points, but he, he's clearly, when anyone watches him on the floor, just an incredible talent, and that's why he's, he's up there on the first team. Um, and, and hopefully it's, you know, we've got Eric Demers, who was the leading scorer, is, is an honorable mention because he is an All-American, but um, maybe not at, at the same level. And, and hopefully it's more than just the numbers that we have a chance to actually see these guys play yeah. and, and reward them accordingly.
0: Um, I, I wanted to, to, to finish also on the point that we have some standouts. Like Ryan Terrell's a sophomore. And he's on the first team. There are some guys that really emerged. And we knew Ryan Terrell was going to be good, but he had an incredible year. Um, and, and, by the way, we could argue Lifer is, by the way, going to come back. So that's seven guys who could return on this. But there I were some – I believe I
10: counted eight, but yeah. Oh,
0: did you count eight? Okay, I take your word for it because I was scanning a, a list that's, that doesn't have all the info on it, It's my notes. Um, there, there were some really standout seasons, and it's a shame – again, I don't want beat to the, the beat the drum uh, – you know, shame we can't finish this off. What are you looking forward to when it's we get ready to kind of hopefully tip it up next season uh from these guys or others that 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 are hopefully going to be on the floor?
10: Well, what I love to see is is how different our preseason All Americans end up being from the postseason All Americans. I know Pat doesn't like when I say that, but <laughs> I like the fact that um we we have guys who show up and play. Yeah and put seasons to you know I wouldn't have known who Nathan Bauer Malone was last year I it just his his name escaped me I I didn't catch him and then the season he had to be able to reward that is is pretty fantastic you know one of the names we unfortunately were not able to shoehorn in here this year is Marcus Dempsey right who's already over 2000 points with a whole season left to go um his team has not had super great success but their recruiting has been improving and they're playing well and and hopefully we'll be able to see a fantastic season out of him next year
0: yeah i decided to take a peek at the preseason i shouldn't have i will close it um (laughs) there are some guys that i mean injuries were some of these i mean I, i hope demetrius underwood is coming back i think we've been told he is for texas dallas that'll make them dangerous uh it'll be fun to see him come back but um yeah no it's 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 fascinating because what we do we try and figure these are the players to watch in the preseason these are the guys you want to key on and then always somebody's going to step up and go hello here am i and (laughs) here we got it this year um on that i'll leave you uh any final thoughts on the season before we uh sign off and you go back to your sequestered them
10: yeah, I, I just tweeted this out a minute ago. It's just really sad that we didn't get to see the All Star Game. Yeah, right? to be able to get. I just love the chance to talk to these guys a little bit more True. in person. Right, they're all in one place, and I get to. It's kind of a spoil of this this job to be able to do that. Yes. But I'm wondering, Reese's NABC, um You know, <laughs> yeah, maybe you had an idea maybe- I brought up. Maybe we do a doubleheader next year, right? Do the 2020 game and the 2021 game. I'm sure there's time on the court at Fort Wayne to make that happen, right? We're, yeah, my argument was put 2020 against 2021. I don't know if everybody gets enough minutes that way, now, Dave. Let's do two games. Yeah, I for... know. I like
0: the two-game one better than mine, but my idea was fun until you mentioned the doubleheader. I'll take the doubleheader. Yeah, yeah. um, hey, thanks for the time, and, and thanks for coming on the show all season long. Really appreciate it, you and Bob. Great to have you guys add a little bit more voice and, and instead of my doldrums all the time. Appreciate it, and uh, thanks. Enjoy the off season. I know we'll be catching up nonetheless, maybe with some podcasts and stuff, but take care of yourself, sir. Thank you. Absolutely. He's Ryan Scott joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline. Gives us a chance to thank Blue Frame Technology for their help this season with us. Not only a sponsor of the hotline for the second season in a row, but they were our streaming provider. Though, ironically, tonight, I think our Facebook side simulcast uh, it, Ended um near the end of the show. I apologize. Can't control everything. Um, but I want to thank Blue Frame. If you're looking to maybe find some software to help you, especially in these times of coronavirus, please get check them out. They are actually offering Production Truck, their software, for free to stream um for anybody out there who needs to stream, whether it's churches, whether it's um meetings or whatever the case may be, if you need some software that's pretty darn reliable. We use it for a lot of things. Especially if you tune into the D3hoops.com classic, please check them out at, broad, uh, at uh, BlueFrametechnology.com. You can find them online at BlueFrametech.com. That's BlueFrametech.com. And tell them I sent you. Tell them you heard about it on the show. That will help us out just a little bit as well. Of course, want to thank their Team One Sports app uh, that we certainly enjoyed. All season long. The Team One Sports app is where you can watch this show and its archives on Apple TV, Roku, Android TV, and Amazon Fire TV. You can also find our archives of the show not only on D3Hoops.com, but at TeamOneSports.com. Go to TeamOneSports.com slash Hoopsville to learn more about all of that. While I'm doing that, and we should mention some others, we will get those mentioned as well and then we'll get to our big thank yous but i want to thank sensible sports marketing go to get dot com or give them a call at one eight hundred five seven five Four seven six five, And I now realize I misplaced my cheat sheet for them. But if you're looking for um, ideas that are going to help promote your athletics department or your team or something along those lines or maybe some uh, big wall decorations, whatever the case may be, check them out at Sensible Sports Marketing. It's GetSportsSense.com. That's also where you can find them on Twitter, at GetSportsSense. Give them a call at 800-575-4765. I also want to thank our friends at Sport Tours International. Play the world, they say, once the world settles down, of course. If you're looking to try and book a future trip to Europe or South America, maybe even Costa Rica or somewhere else with your team, which you're allowed to do, give them, uh, check them out. They'll certainly set up a trip for you. You can go online at sporttours.net. They're also the hosts of some pretty darn good basketball tournaments in Division Three, the Daytona Shootout, and, of course, our favorite, the D3Hoops.com Classic in Las Vegas at South Point Arena and Hotel. Uh, get our friends, Brett Seymour and others, a call at Sport Tours International. Get to our tournament in Las Vegas, for example. We'd love to have you. Thanks to our friends at Sport Tours for their support. And uh, if you are a coach looking to um, expand your career, move on to a, a better job, or just look to better position yourself, check out our friends at Capital Lead Agency. Prepare to advance, they say, www.capitalleadagency.com. You can also check them out on Twitter, at Cap Elite Agency, that's Cap Elite Agency. You know, again, our friends at Capital Elite Agency, I really want to thank them for their help in all of this. And of course, there's more help to go around. First, I want to thank Pat Coleman, Gordon Mann, Brian Scott, and everybody who helped us put these teams together, especially those who voted in the all region selections, but then everybody who helped put their, their minds together. Um, to to create these All-America teams and then thanking them for letting us do it on the show. This was fun. I'll admit, if I could convince them not to do it at the championship weekend, I'd want to do it on this show every year. I think it was a fun way to do it, but uh, I also realized some of the traditions of things. But uh, thanks to them for coming on. The awards show idea, though, I've got an idea for next season. I think we're going to give away some of our own awards, not necessarily for the games, or the coaches or those involved, but someone tweeted me, I had the idea festering in my head and somebody tweeted at me an idea and it's kind of making it expand. We're going to work in the off season about putting our own awards together and we're going to put it on you to nominate. We're not going to go out there and look for these. It's going to be on you to nominate. We'll put some structures in place as how to nominate and all that, but maybe we'll give our own awards here on hoopsville starting next season as well. Now to our big thank you. I want to thank not only about the 45 sports information directors I reached out to since Thursday night on helping put this show together, including one who I reached out to yesterday because I forgot to email him. I want to thank all of them. I I can't list them all because there's 45 of them, but there were so many SIDs who turned around images for us, got us interviews booked, also sent us videos so that we could air that as well. Just all the work that they did, I want to thank them tremendously for their help in putting this together. And I want to thank all the sports information directors who have helped throughout the course of the season. Uh, It is sometimes hard to get uh, coaches on the show or student-athletes or whatever, and it's the the sports information directors who certainly help. And we hear back from about 95% of them when we send out requests, and we thank them for their help. One sports information director who helped with this show, and you heard Gordon mention him earlier in the show Luke Stilson at McDaniel. Luke and I go back years. Uh, I've been calling games at McDaniel for a number of years. I've been helping with their video stream for longer than that. And uh, Luke and I are friends, and I enjoy going up there and working with him. And he gives me ideas. I think I give him some ideas. Luke Stilson did all these graphics tonight. I want to show you yet again. We'll show the first team All-America on the men's side. Luke Stilson did these graphics. He and I were going to do it together. I I was brainstorming some ideas and all of a sudden he just got to work and he came up with this and he did a tremendous job. By the way, I did I did the background. That that's all I did. He got the rest of it. He did an amazing job on all of it and hats off to him. We will be sending him some swag from this uh, this studio some some of our favorite things. That we have collected, including some new stuff that we got for this year, we'll send him a bag of that and some other things to thank him. But Luke Stilson, hats off to you, sir! Thank you so much for your help. It really meant a lot to me. It took a huge load off of my shoulders, and I think it made this show tonight look outstanding. So thank you, Mr. Stilson, for your help. Uh, I know a lot of USIDs have had some off time um, because of this coronavirus. Luke took full advantage of some of that downtime. Uh, and put a, an amazing uh, thing together. I think I had one graphic that just didn't look right today. Maybe, maybe two. I don't remember. I, I, I emailed him about one, I think. That's it. That's how great a job he did. Trust me, I would have made more mistakes. By the way, I did make one mistake. Apparently, I said uh, Mr. Leifer was from Lawrenceville, uh, North Carolina, or Lawrence, North Carolina. I don't know how I said that. It clearly says Lawrence, New York, in my notes. Uh, so sorry, Gabe. You are from Lawrence, New York. I apologize for that. Uh, if we had a mistakes segment, that's probably the shortest we've ever had. Uh, with that, we wrap up the 2019-2020 season. It was an odd season. Um, it started odd, especially on a personal note, getting out of the gate a little bit late due to some uh, the back issues that many of you know about. Those back issues continue. Uh, as some of you know about, and we will be dealing with them through the rest of this the off season. If I had known that this coronavirus was going to hit, and I could get into a hospital, I would do the surgery the second one now. That ain't going to happen. So we'll find a time when we can get into that. We shall see. But uh, it may start a little rough next year. But we'll we'll, we'll hope it doesn't. But uh, it started rough and it ended really odd. We're never going to forget this year. We're not going to forget it for reasons we don't want to remember unfortunately 16 teams on both the men's and women's side 32 total we're still playing for a national championship and we'll never get a chance to do that and i tip my hat to the seniors who will leave uh without the job accomplished as it were but they still go out as winners for most of them i also tip my hat to everybody else who had the opportunity uh strange finish but you all really handled yourselves well from the coaches to the administrators to the teams you should you should applaud yourselves for how you've handled one of the strangest things we've ever seen the cancellation of championships which we've never seen for a pandemic i can't say we've never seen that but uh, at least in life our lifetimes we haven't so hats off to all of you if you won awards congratulations if you didn't still congratulations because you guys did amazingly well this year um also you know we, you, we can go back and look at some amazing games this year. We can go back and look at some amazing performances and some amazing surprises. If you tuned into last show, we certainly broke down a lot of our kind of surprises or eh, disappointments per se. Um, but it was, it's a year we'll never forget for a lot of good reasons, and it was fun to do. This show certainly went on to another level, too. Got to thank the wife and the family because, well, the studio looks pretty darn good, right? And if you tuned in early in the show, or early, early in the season, you know why. It's because of the wife. Uh, She painted and she bought some things and put them together while I was recovering from back surgery. And, of course, my friend Jared came down and helped rewire the studio. Um, So there's lots of thank yous to go out there. I want to thank the kids. I, I told my son we would try and get him on this show as a producer of some kind this year, and we just couldn't pull it off. We will find a way, you will be seeing my son more often in the future as we get him on this program to do some help. Because as we also prove this year, as we continue to expand the show, that this show is is getting bigger and we're wanting to do more to shine a light on the student athletes and coaches and everybody in Division Three. What it showed to us is <laughs> we need more help. Again, the Luke Stilsons of the world, the Ryan Scott's, Gordon Manns, and Pat Colemans, we need some more of those. And Maybe my, my son will be part of that, maybe even my daughter in the future. So I want to thank the entire family for, for the help that they provided us as well. I want to thank every single guest who appeared on this show. We had very few repeat guests off the top of my head, two maybe. Now, part of that is because the, of the tournament coming to a close the way it did. Um, we would have gotten into our repeats when the, as the season was progressing, but we didn't. Um, but there were also that many good stories out there. And with that, I want to thank the National Association of Basketball Coaches and the Women's Basketball Coaches Association, because without their help, a lot of these ideas don't come to fruition, as it were. They support us both financially and, of course, with getting coaches or, or promoting our work and all that. And so I want to thank them especially uh, for their support um, with all of this. So that goes without saying and we hope our partnership with both the nabc and wbca can, can can continue down the road maybe with some massaging and augmenting to make it even better but i want to thank them our plan is to maybe do some monthly podcasts we attempted to do that last season before a water pipe and a bad back just absolutely ripped that idea out the wall but starting maybe in late april um i've unfortunately got a little bit of time on my hands um, but hopefully, starting in late April, we 'll be able to get some games or some podcasts under our belt, maybe go back to talk to some of these coaches who we didn 't repeat with and talk about the incredible seasons that they had. Talk to others out there about things. i 'm still working on an idea um, regarding how officials will be reevaluated in Division three. There's still the discussion with the cancellation of these tournaments. How much is that going to impact things moving forward with the NCA? Those are topics. We'll try and tackle in the offseason should answers exist. There's a lot of what ifs, and we'll try and find out if we can get answers to those what ifs. Um, And there's more. There's lots more. And there's going to be coaches changes. There's already coaching decisions. Um, There's already coaches who have left today, earlier, or yesterday, East Texas Baptist announcing that their head coach was leaving to go into the ministry and the assistant was taking over the job. There's already changes going on despite the, the distractions of COVID nineteen, and we'll keep an eye on that and maybe even chat about basketball or what else is going on in division three during the offseason, which we hope will only last until November eighth next year or October fifteenth when the ball tips up. But to be honest, we just don't know. Now I know a lot of you are gonna be wondering about who did or who didn't make it into the tournament or in the All America list. Remember this isn't supposed to be an all-inclusive club. And remember that it's supposed to be tough to get in and that those get it deserve it. And those who missed it probably deserved it too, but it's okay. Not everybody can be an all-American. And while you didn't make it, you still should be commended on their seasons. Um, just double checking to see if we got any questions. Cause I certainly don't want to wrap things up too much uh, mature uh, early here. Sorry, bad word. Um, Someone wants to know if there's scorekeeper of the year award. I don't think I'm going to have scorekeeper of the year award, but that's a funny one. I like it with that. I think we wrap it up. I'm trying to make sure I didn't miss anybody or miss anything. I don't think I did, Um, but uh, it was fun this season. I thank you for tuning in. Um, This was our 30th show, I believe, if not 31st, which is uh, pretty darn good. Uh, I thought we would have done a few more. We certainly thought we'd be in Atlanta in a couple weeks time. We're not. Uh, And so we'll finish out with a round number of 30. Thank to all those who've made the podcast rather popular, by the way. Our numbers increased there quite a bit this year, maybe because we also found a lot more platforms, but a lot more of you are tuning in. And a lot more of you are tuning into our video. Our numbers continue to go up every year. Please, please tell people about it because the more numbers, maybe we can get some advertising, which gets to my final thought. Thank you, all of you who donated to our podcast. our fundraiser, as it were, we didn't get to our goal, but I was being a little bit off uh, uh, I was being a little bit challenged with that to admit, but we got a good amount in. And I thank you for that in this down period where I am unemployed, uh, for probably until the end of May. Um, that's going to help a bit, not for what we were hoping to use it for, but it will help us at least not be full time and not able to do this job maybe in the future, but let's get through the off season first, shall we? Um, But thank you, all of you who donated. We'll keep the PayPal link alive. And if you're interested in donating to the show, let us know. We'll send you an address or or email us. We'll send you the information on how you can donate. Um, We may be putting a patron system together, too, um, in a way of thanking you, but also having you help us. And with that, we sign off. This has been an incredible 2019-2020 season. Thanks for tuning in for the D3Hoops.com All America Announcements. On the, D, on the Hoopsville Awards show tonight. We'll look to maybe do this in the future as well. I want to thank our partners at Sensible Sports Marketing, Sport Tours, Capital Lead Agency, Blue Frame Technology, WBCA, NABC, and, of course, D3Hoops.com. And most importantly, as they say in public television, viewers like you. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hope you enjoy the offseason. And we'll look forward to getting back here in November, tipping the ball up again and talking some Division Three basketball. We don't know who the champs will be. What we do know is we'll be a move forward from a little bit of a rough time and looking for a distraction. There's plenty of good Division Three basketball ahead of us in the future. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. You've been listening to Hoopsville. If you want to talk Division Three basketball, you have to listen to Hoopsville. Presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA NABC Studios with guests appearing on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline. Good night. Enjoy the offseason. Take care of yourself and your families, and we'll look forward to talking to you possibly in the offseason, but more importantly, in November 2020. Good night, everybody.